Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Jamie. And welcome to God or Not, the podcast where truth springs from argument among friends. This is episode number seven. And coming up, Jamie and I will be talking about the resurrection. Also in this episode, spin the wheel. So grab your popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention to the center ring. This is the God or Not Podcast. We're in for a great night of civil discourse here as these two warriors are wrapped up and ready to go. And now, let's get ready to dialogue! Okay, Jamie, here we are. This is episode number seven. It feels like and, episode uh, 700. <laughs> is that in a, in a good way or in a bad way, right? Is that... Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. I'll take that. I'll take that. Take it while I can get it. Um, yeah, but I want, I did, before we, uh, you know, before we get rolling on the episode here, I just want to point out that we have uh, achieved a couple of milestones within the last week. And I, I thought it was worth uh, noting here, we have now topped... 400 downloads Ooh, total for the episode, nice. which is, uh, I know for, for, you know, for some of the bigger podcasts, that's just a drop in the bucket, but you know, for us, uh, you know, just a couple of guys doing a podcast. Up to as, no good. You know, as, we started making right. trouble in our neighborhood. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so, so I think, I think, uh, you know, I think that, I think we can give ourselves a little pat on the back yes, for that. So absolutely. we top, we top 400 episodes and we also have an episode that is now up at a hundred downloads. And so, uh, so we, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I, this is, it's going a little bit faster than I had planned, had thought it would. I mean, I, I figured we'd have a slow start and I, I suppose, you know, by many metrics we, we have, but it's not like, you know, we're advertising the crap out of it or anything, and, you know, but I, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm satisfied and, and, and happy with the, yeah with the, uh, the response that we've gotten and with the, with the, uh you know, the interest and so on. And so, you know what, let's, uh, let's, let's commit right now to do at least a few more episodes. Okay. <laughs> we could do that. You know what? I think that you inadvertently by doing this podcast, uh -oh. um, that you've inadvertently given me, uh, more ammunition for my position. Okay. That God exists. And, and All right, let's hear it. because for someone like you and I to get this far in, mm -hmm. it's, it's a miracle. <laughs> and evidence for God. Case closed. Your case has been proven. Damn, there it is. Damn it. In my in in my efforts, I ended up. I was hoisted by my own petard. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> speaking of miracles, <laughs> hey, nice transition there. Yeah. Uh -huh, so speaking of much. that, uh, yeah. So our main discussion <laughs> is about the resurrection and the story behind the resurrection and, you know, whether or not it occurred and what we think happened and, and, uh, all that. So, uh, well, let's just get rolling on that. Let's talk let's about, uh, let's talk about the resurrection here. This is the main event. All right, Jamie, here we are. We're going to be talking about, the big one, right? The resurrection of Jesus, the big moment. The resurrection. The, res <laughs> the return. Jesus to the return. This time he means business, right? <laughs> and so the idea here. That was good. That was really <laughs> you good. You like that? Um, trademark. Uh, um, and so we'll. Uh, 
So um, the idea here is that your suggestion is that, okay, well, if, if Jesus was killed and was resurrected, then boy, that is pretty, you know, pardon my French here, damning evidence, right? That's pretty, pretty strong, uh, pretty strong evidence that something's got to be going on there. Um, And so, so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of flesh out uh, what your evidence is, what your um, kind of what your argument is. And um, I'm hoping for heavy corrections coming from you if I, if I get it wrong (laughs) and, uh, and then we'll see where that takes us. All right. Well, anyway, bef- but before we dive into that, there was one thing I wanted to bring up, and and we have brought this up before, uh, and but I just want to touch on it, and then we'll move on. And that is, uh, can God resurrect somebody if God doesn't exist? And um, mm-hmm. the, my reasoning for for saying that is, you know, if we're if we're using this as evidence that a God exists, then is it is it really fair that we because you kind of have to assume that a, that a, a god exists in order to suggest that it's the um, that it's the cause of, of what you know of the evidence, and so um, we've I've, we've brought that up uh, in other discussions, and I think we've committed to having a, a whole separate discussion about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I didn't just want to throw it out there and not give you a chance to say anything about it if you want to. Yeah, um, so it, the, the idea is, how do you know Jesus rose from the dead? Well, because God rose him from the dead. How do you know God exists? Well, because Jesus rose God from the dead, right? right? So, or because Jesus rose from the dead. So, but I don't think that's what I'm saying. I think, I, I think what, I, what I'm trying to say when, when I talk about the resurrection is I'm saying that the existence of God is possible, and then I'm using the resurrection to show mm-hmm. that it, the probability of that. So... I would akin it to I'm not using like a deductive argument. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not intending to go like, you know, premise one, premise two, conclusion has to follow. That's that's okay. not what I'm I'm looking for. I, I mean, it's more of an inductive argument um, that's intended to be strong enough that if the premises were to be true, then it would be unlikely that the conclusion is false. So the arguments um success or strength, it, it lies in this um, deductive method. So it would it would more look like this. Jesus was resurrected. A resurrection by natural causes is physically impossible. Therefore, the resurrection of Jesus was by supernatural causes or something like that. Mm-hmm. So like if, if you unpack the context of the resurrection and um, I'm basically – arguing that it is the best explanation okay of 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 the data so right. it's an inductive argument not necessarily a deductive argument so I, I don't necessarily think it's circular under that under that kind of um induction rather than deduction okay all right so that'll be a little teaser then for an up and coming discussion where we have where you know are these arguments for a god are they circular or not? So I, I kind of suggest that at least some of them are, and you're saying that they're not. And so, so we'll, uh, we'll examine that closer um, at, a, well, at all, a different time. All of them. Um, how should I word this? Some of them might be right. So the, the way that you initially set it up, okay. you know, how do you know Jesus rose from the dead? Because God rose him from the dead. How do you know God exists? Because Jesus rose from the dead. That's circular. Um, but, 
Um, and, and so if you did that in a, like a deductive form, then yeah, that would be circular. So I, I think okay. there's probably some out there like that, but that's not necessarily what I want to try to argue. All right. Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not making you commit one way or the other on any particular thing right now. <sighs> Thank goodness. <laughs> For the record, show tell us. <laughs> right. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so um, so okay, so we set that aside. So now, so your evidence is so you you claim, and I'm I'm basing this off of uh, I watched you preach, I watched your sermon uh, mm-hmm. online about uh, about the Jesus resurrection, and I know that you're not going to use all of these points mm-hmm. uh, in our discussion today, but I just wanted to kind of get them all out there because I want to. You know, I want to represent your argument as as accurately as I can before and then give you a chance to Mm -hmm. um, I know you talked about like minimal facts and that kind of thing. So I'll let you address that after I after I list these. So Mm -hmm. you had basically you had at least in your sermon, you had uh, seven points that you wanted to bring up that you thought kind of uh, built the case that um, um, that Jesus rose from the dead. And that and the first point was that Jesus was a historical figure. Uh, second one was that Jesus died by Roman crucifixion. The third point that um, some point after Jesus's body was put in the grave, then the grave was found to be empty. Uh, the fourth point was that uh, Jesus appeared alive to others after he had died. Um, and then there were, I think these other three are the ones that you're um that you're not necessarily going to include, but just to throw them out there, you, you mentioned about Saul converted to Christianity. He had his, you know, road to Damascus event. Um, Jesus' brother, James changed his mind about Jesus. He was, he kind of flip-flopped on there or he, or he was convinced of, of something. Um, and then the last one was that Christianity developed uh, a large following since then. So uh, yeah. was I, was I kind of on point yeah. with those seven yeah. or, or how, how are we going to whittle that down or what, what do you yeah, want to do with so that? So the minimal fact argument was um, initially kind of brought into light by a guy uh, by the name of Gary Habermas. And um, he gives several historical details that are considered so well attested by historians that they're considered historical fact. Um, and then once lying these facts, now historians have to ask themselves like what hypothesis bet best fits these details. And so um, his minimal fact, there are 12 uh, initially, but some of them are, are, are more convincing than others. And so okay. um, he could narrow it down to just a few, three, four, that, that are um, um, considered historical fact and that um, uh, seem to be very convincing. But I, I do have to lay the groundwork a little bit about the minimal facts so people understand what this is. So, All right. Tell us. There, preach to us. There's t- <laughs> at least two <laughs> major um, uh, prerequisites for something to meet the minimal fact. First is that each event had to be established by more uh, than adequate scholarly evidence, and usually by several critical, um, ascertained, independent lines of argumentation. Second, the vast majority of contemporary scholars in relevant fields had to acknowledge the historicity of the occurrence. So when, when we talk about the vast majority or virtually all scholars, um, he's not talking about 100% of scholars. I don't think you could get anybody to agree 
a hundred percent on anything. Uh, so what he's talking about here is about a 90 percentile, 90, 95 percentile with one exception. And my, and this is the caveat for this, the empty tomb it enjoys only roughly 75% consensus, but, but all the rest okay. of the ones I'll list today are in the 90, 95% um, uh, as far as consensus. So, the way he did this was he counted a wide spectrum of scholarly views, um, tracing responses in, in like 140 sub-issues related to the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. He, he went through about 3,400 sources in French, German, and English. He concentrated on both well-known and obscure writers alike across the entire spectrum from skeptical uh, liberal sources to conservative ones. Um, and w- when establishing a consensus of views, it's important to show um, that, that so he, basically he's saying he's, he's run the gamut from, from one end of the spectrum to the other. Uh-huh. Um, and so uh, the, and the scholars span a wide range of theological and philosophical convictions. Some are atheists, some are agnostic, some are Jews, some are Christian, and you have everybody in between. So uh, having said that, the, the minimal facts that I like to present is that Jesus was a real historical figure, uh-huh. that he died by Roman crucifixion under Pontius Pilate, that the grave was empty, uh, that Jesus, and that Jesus appeared alive to others after his death. So those are the uh, the four that I like to kind of present. And then I, I, I like to kind of ask the question, with these four in mind, scholars, almost, almost all scholars saying that, yes, these are historical facts. With these in mind, what best um, explanation uh, fits that hypothesis? What, what you know, what ex- is there a naturalistic explanation? Uh-huh. If there is... W- does it fit better in than the resurrection? Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, so those are the four that I like to use, and, and those are the four that we'll use tonight. Okay. All right. So the first four are off my list, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus was a historical figure, died by crucifixion, grave was empty, and he was up and about mm-hmm. just as well as you please later on that day or, or weeks later or whatever whatever the, whatever the time scale was. <laughs> right. Okay, so – so let's look at the let's take a brief look here about the the sources of the information. Okay, so obviously mm-hmm. we're basing heavily on the Gospels from mm-hmm. from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what is your take on what what is your opinion of the nature of the Gospels? Like when when do you think that they were written, mm-hmm. and who do you think wrote them, and, and that kind of stuff? Okay, so. Um um, just kind of one thing, and I know you, you're not doing this, but just for our listeners, um, we can't look at the Bible in a historical sense and say, well, the Bible was written by Christians, and so we can't use that information. Um, historians uh, don't do that. They, they take into account possible biases and things like that. Uh, when they determine uh, what it is they're going to consider was real 
uh, history right. and what wasn't. So, right. um, so it's important that we don't disregard the Bible. And I don't even like to call it the Bible at this point. I like just to say that they're uh, ancient writings. Okay, that they're they're a, a compilation of ancient writings. And so, um, uh, for our listeners, of course, the New Testament is a collection of writing, uh, twenty seven books by the followers of Jesus compiled into one major work mm-hmm. that, that we call the new Testament. And then that's in one bigger work that we call the Bible. Um, the, I think the new Testament, um, well, well, let me see here. Um, I, I think that we have separate independent sources for the Bible. First of all, I think that the writings of the new Testament are composed of many different documents that were written and circulated independently in the first century, like the apostle Paul didn't know about Mark's writings. And in turn, Mark didn't know about the Apostle Paul's letters. Uh, Matthew, John, and James all wrote texts that were unknown to the others. And and that's why historians treat much of the New Testament as separate independent sources. So I think they're independent. Um, I think the documents of the New Testament were written uh, early, between 30 and 60 years after Jesus' death. Now, um, uh, these documents are are considered to be some of the earliest writings of antiqui- antiquity. And what I mean by that is that um, you're saying m- the Gospels you- were written from between thirty and sixty, right? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, uh, and, and a lot of uh, too a lot of the other works of the Apostle Paul, Galatians, Ephesians, things like that. But okay, um, when we talk about writings of antiquity, it is um, it, it uh, it's almost impossible to find. Uh, any kind of sources from um, written in the actual time period that just didn't happen back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and these, um, the new Testament, they are some of the earliest between the events uh, and the writings of, of any work of antiquity. And I know that 30 or 60 years seems like a long time. Uh, but we do have to remember that in first century Palestine, it, they were an oral culture. Right. They didn't write things down. So they memorized things orally mm-hmm. and they passed them along the way. And then also most people um, weren't writing or, or most people didn't have or someone famous like Caesar or Pontius Pilate or whomever, or Jesus. Um, in antiquity, people didn't write about those people during their lifetime. So people weren't writing about Pontius Pilate or Caesar during his lifetime. It's only after they died okay. did people start to write about them. And so um so so Boy, so how can you write fir- about somebody who never dies then? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Checkmate Christian. <laughs> Boom. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think that 30, 60 years seems long, but I think that we could go back to an early creed that talked about by the apostle Paul, uh, that the most, even the most liberal scholars will place within two or three years, um, from the resurrection or, or from, from the crucifixion. And that was, uh, the, the, um, verse in first Corinthians, it said, uh, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures and that he has appeared to Cephas and then to the 12. Um, so even the most liberal new Testament scholars, 
um, people like Gerd Luderman and Robert Funk from the Jesus Seminar, they they all agree that they say there's no doubt that this ancient creed goes right back almost to the crucifixion itself. So while some of the New Testament may have been written 30 or 60 years later, the the main idea in the New Testament was being talked about uh, right after the right after the crucifixion. At least that's what we are seeing. And another reason why I would say that the that the New Testament is trustworthy is because we have such a plethora of manuscripts that we can evaluate and determine what is authentic and what isn't. Uh, Bruce Metzger, who is the uh, um, uh, Bart Ehrman. Um, w- um, worked under Bruce Metzger. No, oh, hold on. He, b- b- so the yeah. the uh, I, I was just looking it up while you were talking here. So you, so the letter to the, so First Corinthians you were saying was from two or three. Now that was written by Paul the Apostle, right? Who wasn't born until after that, right? So when when was he supposed to have to have written that? I mean, if he wasn't born until it says here five. Yeah, AD. no, you mis you misunderstand what I'm saying. Okay, what that that um, that that First Corinthians uh, fifteen, um, that is a creed that dates back to just after the crucifixion, and the Apostle Paul is oh, he writing, included that in the in the thing. Yeah, he's he's writing this statement to the Corinthian church, saying, um, "Hey, you know about this." Um, I, you know, I gave this, uh, this was given to me before I gave this to you last time. And so, um, as they kind of work out all the details in, in the timeline, um, you know, they, they say that, that, you know, some of these guys are saying, Hey, this looks like it could be, um, you know, 37 AD, uh, 36 AD, um, just after a year or two after, uh, Jesus's crucifixion. So here we see, um, the early church teaching that that Jesus died and that he rose and he appeared. And so while some of the New Testament documents weren't written till years or a few decades after, mm-hmm. that that creed is uh, historically known to, to have come just after the resurrection. Okay, and he bases it off of yeah, so okay. so yeah, so that creed was was given to him. And he 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 puts that down in First Corinthians. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, I get it. Okay, okay, so so then, who wrote the Gospels, or does that matter? Uh, I I think it does matter because, uh, but I, I, overall, it probably doesn't matter. But I I, I generally agree with uh, the early church fathers that Matthew wrote Matthew, Mark wrote Mark, Luke wrote Luke, and John wrote John, um, and. And that was all based upon um, early church tradition in church fathers. Um, I know we've talked about Jay Warner Wallace before. He links together these what he calls uh, chains of custody. So, in like a like in a somebody commits a crime and say there's like a bloody knife. Um, the the first person, the first detective on scene, and there's that bloody knife. In 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 his, he takes the bloody knife and bags it up and writes in his report. It got this knife, and he writes the details about it, and then then he passes it along the chain of custody to 
to the clerk who, who, who stores it until court. And then the clerk takes it out and passes it along to the prosecutor or whatever. So there's like this chain of custody where you see the evidence going from one hand to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And what we see with the new Testament um, uh, is that we see the, um, the writers of the gospel and the early church fathers passing this along um, and, and there's an overlap like in their lives. So like Peter had an apostle or had a disciple and then that mm-hmm. disciple had a disciple and they passed these along. So uh, it, it, it's pretty much the, the church fathers were all pretty unanimous that Matthew, Mark, Luke, John all, all wrote their gospels, but I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't bet my life on it, but I, I'm pretty certain I, I'll put my money on the, on the uh, church fathers. Okay. Um, well, we, I mean, we know that there's some some level of disagreement on that, right? And so, so even if we want to lean that mm-hmm. way for the for the purpose of of discussion, mm-hmm. we know that even within the church, with even within the church, there is. Um, in fact, I have a, a, a one of the Bibles that I have at the beginning of the Gospels. It says that you know we don't know who the who the authors were, and and you know it was probably. You know, here's X, mm-hmm. Y, Z reasons why we think that right. the name was probably tagged on. So, so even within, um, you know, so at the very least, it's not it's not a settled issue, but it may or may not be relevant. Right. It might not matter. I agree with that. Okay, so so I know you had some uh, some um, extra biblical extra biblical sources, mm-hmm. and uh, and you gave me a list, and we don't necessarily need to go th- go through all these, right. but um, you know, these were all, of course. Uh, authors that were much later in the game here. They were, they were, you know, decades later. And I was curious as, as to what you thought that that added to your case. I mean, or right. does it add anything or is it worth us even talking about? Right. Well, now? I mean, I think it's slightly important for those people who say, well, you can't use the Bible because it's a Christian source and they're all biased. Um, so for those mm-hmm. people, you know, we could say, Hey, here's some corroboration. We have multiple sources saying the same thing. So, what we could know from non-Christian sources about Jesus is this. We could know his name, Jesus. We could know the mm-hmm. place and time of his public ministry, namely Palestine during the rule of Pontius Pilate, AD 2636. We know his mother's name is Mary. Uh, we know the ambiguous nature of his birth, right? We have a lot of uh, of, of non-biblical people talking about uh, the mirac- you know, they, they claim there's a miraculous virgin birth, that kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. We know one of uh, Jesus's brothers, James. Uh, we know that Jesus was famed as a teacher, a miracle worker, and a sorcerer. Uh, some of his enemies even called him a sorcerer. We know his uh-huh. title was Christ Messiah. We know that um, he had a, kind of a kingly status in the eyes of some. Um, we know the time and manner of his execution, namely Passover and crucifixion. We know the involvement of both Jewish authorities and Roman authorities in his death. We have confirmation, right? But, but, of a, but I guess I guess what I'm asking is, I mean, because this is all, I mean, because because they, they didn't come until thirty, fifty, sometimes over a hundred years later, and so they're not. I mean, they're kind of telling what the story said. Right. And so they're kind of rehashing things that people told them. Right. So I'm, what I'm asking is, does it add? I mean, I, I know you have your your list of points from from the story, but those are already in the Gospels. Right. Those are already in the stories that were going around. And so 
does it add anything as far? And, and you said that, yeah, you can point to these, you know, it's not just the Christians or it's not just, the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Bible authors, but I mean, that's kind of where they're getting their information. Does it add anything as far as any other information that's not yeah, in the stories that they that they were hearing I don't think they're, from Christians? I don't think they're getting their information from that. Uh, Josephus uh, wrote between 37 and 101 AD. He was a historian. He was a Jew, but he was a historian for the Romans. Right, that's when he was right. So right, that's when he was alive. Right. right? So, so he probably he wasn't writing until maybe fifty years after the fact. Regardless, it, uh, take a look at um, there. There's others. I mean, I, I see. Other than the Talmud, the latest date I have on here is Suetonius at 175 AD. So, like, okay. but but what i'm what i'm what i'm seeing here is corroboration particularly in in stuff like josephus who was a historian and so um right. he wasn't necessarily so they're corroborating that that was the information that was that was available yeah i don't think that they were digging if you're asking do i think they were digging through the new testament and then just saying well yeah they they're claiming this no i don't because there are things that like josephus would say um this is the the case his followers also claimed this. And so there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that he wasn't even willing uh, uh, to say were true, obviously, because that's what his followers were claiming, but he didn't, he didn't know that somehow firsthand, but he, he did. There were certain okay. things that he, he, he could know uh, from a historical point of view that, that, so I think we're just adding just more corroboration. Okay. All right. Um, so then what, so then, so basically, obviously we don't have like video footage and, you know, for obvious reasons <laughs> right. and, and, you know, it's almost silly that I even need to mention that. But so, so really what we have are things that were written down sometimes decades later. I know you mentioned the, the part in Corinthians mm-hmm. and that was an interesting point. And, um, but, but, you know, decades later, um, and you, you, as you mentioned, they didn't write mm-hmm. things down, right? They pass it down orally. But so we want to look at well, what is the nature of, of the evidence. And the first thing I would say is, you know, we have the, it's, a, it's, it's basically these people, even if they were around at that time, even if they were there, um, they're obviously remembering it. Um, and, and, or it had been orally passed down, you know, to whomever it was that was doing the writing. So, so basically what we have is, is hearsay, right? What we have is, I mean, we have the stories we have, we have hearsay. We don't have, Matthew sitting in here in the, you know, next up on the line, we have Matthew, Matthew, how you doing? You know, we, we don't have, we don't have the witnesses here. So we have some hearsay evidence and, and, you know, and out of all of the stories, none of them, well, we don't have any eyewitnesses to the event well, that we're, that no, we're talking I mean, about, have, right? We, I mean, we can, they can talk about what it was like. Nobody have, was in the tomb. No, but you have, overnight I mean, you have it. people that, that were there at the crucifixion. I mean, we're, they were there at, oh, so you're talking about just in, right. In, so, like, there the resurrection well, right the, no, but so there's have, nobody there's no eyewitnesses well, to the resurrection but we have eyewitnesses to the other thing you know um possibly having eyewitnesses to the well we don't have the eyewitnesses right we have the stories from the eyewitnesses what? or the stories from the people who were for reporting what? on the eyewitnesses um for for the events that were happening around that time so, like and the appearances, the the alleged uh, physical appearances of Jesus after the fact, 
Right. We don't have we don't have any we don't have eyewitnesses available to us to that of you know to those things. Well, we do um, because we have like uh, the dis- Jesus. Uh, well, the, all the disciples claim that Jesus appeared to him after their death. Right, but what we have is writings that you're suggesting were written by eyewitnesses, right? I mean, we we don't have eyewitnesses with us, right? You would, right? So we don't. So we don't really. So we don't have eyewitness testimony. What we have is something written by somebody who you're suggesting was an eyewitness. Isn't that eyewitness testimony? If somebody writes a. Uh, uh, you know, if, if maybe somebody well, can't eyewitness testimony would be somebody there would be have somebody sitting there, right? Well, so no, otherwise, it's going to no. be it's going to be hearsay. Eyewitness testimony is just somebody who saw that and is now reporting it. They could do that. Uh, they could do that orally, sitting in front of you, or they could do that in writing. I, I mean, I know in court they've done right, that before, but, but but we don't have the eyewitnesses, is what I'm saying. And and you know we can quibble about that but i i don't think it's I, what do you I mean we, we don't have to. the eyewitnesses like like we don't have them present in in right. today right That's but we I mean. have their writings we have things that you're suggesting are their writings yes yeah that that historians are are like even even bart Ehrman suggests that yeah those are uh, I would certain I certain things he'll say. Yeah, those that that's an eyewitness yeah. account. Now, yeah, we now, talked right. about that before. We talked about in th- that we said that at the very at the at the very least, there's it's not a settled point on whether or not these were actually written by the people there. You know that that said wrote them, right? The Book of Matthew may or may not have been written by somebody named Matthew. But th- I don't think that takes away from the point of well, let's just say. Um, Let's take, for instance, um, uh, let's say um, the book of Mark. So okay. Mark was not an eyewitness to the events of Jesus' life at all. Right. Uh, he was a disciple of Peter. And um, so, um, but but Peter was an eyewitness, and, and Peter claimed to have seen Jesus after he was dead. And that's what, that's what the gospel of Mark is. It's Peter's account— of kind of how things went down. So Mark is basically his scribe. Mm-hmm. It's not called the Gospel of Peter, but it is it is Peter's work, and 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 Mark was just rehashing it. So I mean, in some cases, we do have people who were eyewitnesses who wrote it down or had it written down. And I mean, um, in, in the Book of Luke, he went and investigated all this, went to all these different eyewitnesses and uh, before he, before he wrote uh, the book of Luke. And right. so, um, yeah, but that's so assuming, I, that's assuming that we know the authorship of the, of the gospels and, and which we don't, we, we don't know that for sure. I mean, we, you, we may have some, some experts that suggest that, but as I, as I read to you, you know, at, at you know, out of this version of the Bible, by the way, it's the, New Oxford Annotated Bible, hmm. and um, so that's where I was getting this information. And and at the so I, what that suggests is at the very least there are there is some disagreement um, that may or may not be a point. It may or may not be important. So I, I'm going to suggest that we move on and we can come back to that point if we need to. Yeah, I just want to say one more thing to that. But be, j- just because maybe you know, even if Matthew didn't write Matthew, it doesn't mean that the details that are in Matthew are somehow all false as well. So whoever oh, yeah, was, I whoever, didn't, I didn't whoever, say that. and so that's what I'm suggesting that, that 
we don't necessarily need to know who, who wrote it per se in every situation. We could evaluate the writings um, using strict criterion and decide, okay, is, you know, is this, is this historical? Can we, can uh-huh. we depend on this? So I, I think we right. could independently do that regardless of the authors. Okay. That's fine. Um, well, that kind of leads us into the, the next thing that I wanted to talk about. And that is, and I know this is a concern of yours is, are we giving the evidence a fair shake? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I know that you think that there's, you know, people that are overly critical or overly skeptical and that they're not afford. You mentioned it before. We want to, mm-hmm. we don't want to dis. we don't want to just throw it out just because it was written by Christians, or we don't mm-hmm. want to throw it out just because of X, Y, and Z reasons. And so um, we want to make sure that we give this the same consideration of other claims, but at the, um, at the same time, you know, these are pretty extraordinary claims. And so we want to make sure that, and so if we don't want to compare, we don't want to compare the evidence that we need for something like somebody coming back to life to the evidence that, um, you know, Egypt sold, uh, you know, 20, you know, jugs of beer to somebody, you know, somebody (laughs) else in the year or whatever. Right. I mean, it's, it's, they're different types of claims, right? Some of them are more mundane claims. And we've, we've talked about ev- the, you know, e- evidence before and, and how more mundane claims, uh, you know, we, we don't, there, there's a lower threshold of evidence for those because they're, because they're supported by all kinds of other common, um, you know, other, other evidence of other events that are similar happening. We don't need, we don't need a lot of evidence. The example that we used when we talked about it before you don't necessarily need evidence that I drove to your house because people drive to each other's house all the time, but you'd need more evidence to, if I was claiming that I teleported to your house, because that's a, right. that's an unusual event. Right. So, so we want to make sure that we, we, uh, we treat the evidence fairly. And I agree. I, and, and, um, you know, that's, that's important to me too. I don't want to, I don't want us to be, to get in the habit of throwing out the other guy's stuff. Right. We mm-hmm. don't want to, we don't want to, you know, we want to, we want to treat it fairly, but we also need to take it within the context of the type of problem that we're talking about. I, I think too. What's, if your, I, if what's I, your thought yeah, on that? Yeah, if I could just interject, I, I think though that you're right. There are certain things that um, I'm going to pause and and not uh, just accept, and I'm going to do more investigation. Obviously, when more is on the line, but the criterion the 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 certain things that historians use to determine whether or not something is truthful or not doesn't change we're talking about multiple independent sources enemy attestations principle of embarrassment eyewitness testimony and early testimony those are like the five main things historians use to try to determine whether or not something is historical and they use that regardless of what the claim is um you know i i will agree with you that something like the resurrection I'm going to look into it more than say if Egypt was buying their ale from, you know, Palestine or whatever. So, I mean, th- there is going to be more uh, of a, of a, of a burden placed on that or more of an emphasis placed on, on being very careful, but the criterion doesn't change. We're using the same kind of um, uh, evaluation process of, of the text. Okay. I, um, I think we, I think we can agree that we just, we want to be fair. We want to be, you know, we want to be fair and going in both directions on that fairness. Mm. Um, so then you mentioned Wallace before and, um, uh, and, and that, that brought to mind something that, um, 
about circ- circumstantial evidence and and it it's this doesn't rely on Wallace, so I'm not going to quote him or anything, but that just reminded me of it. Um, and that is that. Uh, so if we're so we're looking at circumstantial evidence here. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we don't, like we said, we don't have any eyewitnesses. Even even if we grant everything that you've said about about the sources, about the the texts, about the authorship, about the timeline, and so on, nobody claims to be there when it happened. Right. Nobody well, claims. Well, nobody to, claims to have been at the tomb to wa- to, to, wit- to to witness the actual resurrection. Right. They saw they saw him alive. Then they saw after, him dead. Yeah. Then they saw and him then alive. They saw him alive. Right. Right. Okay. So, but st- yeah. but they didn't see what happened in the inner. You know, in the yeah. in the tomb yeah. at night. Okay. So 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 we have some. So it's so what, we're talking matter? about the res. Does that well, matter? Yeah, it, well, it certainly does because we have. Because we have uh, so we have circumstantial evidence here, and so we need to make sure that um, not, we want we want to come up with. Uh, um, you're going to suggest that you know the fact that there's a God and that God resurrected Jesus and so on is the best explanation. But we also want to consider because we know that with circumstantial evidence, there's always you know we have to make the differences. We have to make that connection. We have to make that mm-hmm. inference there, and right. so and so um, we want to make sure that and and. And you're going to say that this is the best explanation out of mm-hmm. all of the competitors, and so so we want to so we need to take that into account. Um, but I did want to ask you something specifically about Wallace, and that is that um, so we know that he was a cold case detective, right? And and he would solve crime. Was it like specifically murders, or was it I, well, different he kinds was, of crime? Maybe a kidnapping yeah. or something, or he other was kinds a, of stuff. He was a police officer for many years. He did all kinds of stuff. But I, I know that towards okay. the end of his career, he focused on uh, cold case homicides. Okay, all right. So, um, and so, so he's familiar with uh, the burden of proof and and of reasonable doubt. And so, but he is a Christian apologist now, among other things, and. That would that would suggest that he thinks that this kind of supernatural event is a reasonable explanation. In fact, he would say it's the most reasonable explanation. Mm-hmm. I would I would think. Yeah. Um, but then why? So then I, and maybe you're more familiar with his work than I am. Um, well, for sure you are. Uh, but did he have any cases where he couldn't uh, couldn't? Conv- you said he had a pretty high conviction rate. Um, was there any cases that he couldn't convict because of a possible supernatural event? I mean, because like if uh, if they find a body, I mean, if if there are supernatural demons or devils or pixies or who knows or unicorns or whatever, <laughs> then um, you know maybe they made it look that way. Maybe maybe a demon killed somebody and framed uh, you know Joe Schmo. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? If if we're talking if we're if if we're considering supernatural, if well if the supernatural is is something that's real, then all bets are off. If the supernatural can circumvent things that are otherwise impossible, things that are um, you know that we know can't be, then I mean then that kind of everything goes out the window. There, Every, anything goes. And how can you how can you prove beyond a reasonable doubt? that Joe Schmo murdered this person if we if we're considering supernatural to be reasonable. Well, I mean I think think like anything else, you gotta take it in context. So if if we look at um like 
you take, for instance, Jay Warner Wallace is a Christian, so he has a, a certain set of theological beliefs um, that include, um, okay, there is a demonic realm. We do believe there's a supernatural realm. We believe there is uh, a evil, a demonic realm. Um, but from what we know from our holy book and, and from experience, the demons don't go around killing people. Um, and so uh, under, under his worldview, assuming that that's true and there is a supernatural realm, then, then that's not how demons operate. I mean, they, of course we've had instances where they've, or at least we, we believe, or at least I believe that there, there have been some instances where uh, there have been genuine um, cases of demonic possession and some things have happened. Um, they've manifested themselves in a certain way. And, um, and, and so, um, so when, when you look at that in the context of Christianity and how the demonic realm or the supernatural realm operates, um, th- that's, that wouldn't be reasonable to think that a demon came back and actually physically killed somebody and then, uh, and then, you know, uh, well, then, what about if a demon possessed somebody and forced them against their will to do something? Right. I think then we would have, um, t- again, taken into context, I think we would have then evidence that uh, the person was uh, demonically possessed. I mean, in- so wouldn't that be wouldn't that be a possibility for kind of anything? Well, I mean, of course, you'd have to have evidence. Is is there somebody who's demonically possessed or we believe right, but, but we're not ta- we're not talking about trying to prove it we're trying to talk about reasonable doubt okay reasonable well what's, doubt. what's, what's so, reasonable so so if i got into a fight oh no let's just say my neighbor gets into a fight with his wife tonight uh-huh. and uh and um next next morning i see cops all around uh and i and i i see i kind of peer in the window the back window and i see the wife with a knife stuck in her back mm-hmm. um my, my my first instinct is that man these demons are running around like they're they're out of control we gotta mm-hmm. control these demons no i what's the most reasonable uh um uh what are the most reasonable uh hypothesis what where does the evidence lead so if, if right, let's but we're say, not we're not looking for the most reasonable. We're looking for something that's beyond reasonable doubt. And if it's so, reasonable, if it's reasonable yeah, so, to right. believe so that something supernatural could happen, then that would have to be reasonable doubt. No, there's a there's a difference between what's possible and what's probable. Okay, okay anything anything is possible. Um, but ask yourself the question: in, in the instance of the neighbor, what's most probable? That the husband did it, or that a, a demon came in from the netherworld. Uh, right, but, you know, it, but so- again, we're not looking. We're not. We're not. We're looking beyond reasonable doubt. Not, you know, what's most probable. We're even if you well, say isn't that how you isn't that how you develop reasonable doubt though is is by determining uh, following the evidence and determining what what what's most probable and weighing the evidence no 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 not that, at all when we're talking about reasonable doubt we're talking about what could be other explanations we're talking about what could have happened right what what reasonably yeah so there are things that could have happened but is it reasonable to consider that the demon came in from the netherworld or is it more reasonable uh to, to say that the husband 
uh, came back in a fit of rage and stabbed her. I think you have to follow the evidence. Is there evidence for some kind of supernatural thing going on? Um, I, I don't think reasonable. I don't think that's what reasonable doubt means. Maybe we're spinning our wheels here, and maybe we should move on. But, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, we're not we're not talking about what's the most reasonable explanation. What's fifty one percent probability, or, or however we want to describe it. Mm-hmm. We're, we need to know beyond any reasonable doubt. Not can you prove it was something else, right? We don't have to prove that somebody else did it. it all we need is. Maybe they did do it, and it's reasonable to think that it could have happened that way. No, and, it's and so, it's re- yeah, it's reasonable to say that it's a possibility. I don't think right. it's reasonable. And that's reasonable to- doubt. No, that's so, a reasonable so, doubt. Hold is. on, hold on. So you're a juror. Uh, uh, you're a juror uh, uh, on this in this trial, uh, the murder of the wife, my neighbor. In uh, all the evidence points to the husband, but you believe in the supernatural realm. So, so, so you're going to tell me. That even though all the evidence points the husband did it, and and uh, um, we have no real evidence of any kind of supernatural thing going on except for your belief that there's mm-hmm. a supernatural realm, though mm-hmm. th- that's possible. Is that is that going to be reasonable enough for you to say, yeah, uh, not guilty? Well, that's kind of my point now, isn't it? I what I if you're asking me, I don't think this you know uh, appealing to the supernatural is reasonable, and so I would. I would say, okay, that's an unreasonable doubt. To suggest that it was a demon possessing them is an unreasonable doubt. It's not a reasonable doubt. And so, uh, but if that's what I'm saying is like, doesn't that seem to be conflicting? If somebody thought that the supernatural was a reasonable explanation for something, then they would, if they wanted to be consistent, they would have to say that was a reasonable doubt. They they would have, if they wanted to be consistent with that, they would have to say, you know that I I think that I think believing in the supernatural is reasonable, and so and since this casts doubt on the on this conclusion, there you go, reasonable doubt. I mean, I mean, I believe that meteors exist too, but but that doesn't that does that doesn't mean I have reasonable doubt that the wife was killed by a meteor that came in through the kitchen window, knocked well, over well, a knife that slammed into her back. Right, like, right, I, right, and so, that makes like, sense because we know things about meteors. We have physical evidence. We know the type of objects they are. We know that the you know the type of things that happen when they come in, but we don't have that information about supernatural. But that's not true. If 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 you want to talk about um, the supernatural in in particular, talking about Christianity, there are mm-hmm. things that we know. If Christianity is true, then then there are things we know about the supernatural. And there are things that we can predict and and determine about the supernatural. So you're saying that the, uh, according to Christianity, that demons can't possess human beings. No, demons can possess human beings. Okay, so, so we know that that can happen. Can a demon possess happen, a human being and then but, kill somebody? Yeah, but you you would okay. have to. There would so have we know to that that evidence. can happen. Right, but that doesn't. Well, if it's supernatural, there's not going to be any physical evidence, right? That I mean, science can't measure the supernatural. That's that's not true. Someone's frothing at the mouth and 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 doing some kind of weirdo. um, What was that movie? Emily Rose? Was that it? The Exorcism of Emily Rose. That was right. Yeah. Oh, that freaked me out. I can't do scary movies. Anyhow, (laughs) so you have that stuff going on. I would say Uh that that's. Um, at least if you were there, that, that that might, I mean, at least if you believed in the supernatural, then that would be evidence for the supernatural, uh, what was going on there. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I think we could so, know things about. The okay, so let me let me see if I can let me see if I can sum up what you're saying here. And you're suggesting that we know enough about the supernatural that we can differentiate between reasonable supernatural assumptions and unreasonable supernatural well, assumptions. Yeah, if if Christianity is true. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so right. Like that's at least fine. we that's can fine. as Christians. I'm I'm satisfied with your with your response there. So let's let's well, move. Wait, on. wait, whoa. I, I'm not saying you've convinced me. I'm no, saying I know that. I, I know that. I know that. That's still I, I, that is such a I am going to sleep like a baby tonight. Mark the date right now. OK. All right. Uh, so all right, yeah. uh, the, the next thing I wanted to ask you is about the difference between belief and reality. And so I wanted to give an mm. example here. And so I I don't think it's a big secret. And I hope I'm not revealing too much about you right now. But you believe in God. Mm. Don't you? Okay. So, <laughs> so you believe in God and, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in God. And so, and you act as though God were real. Is that, yes. would, would you, yes, does that, that be accurate? Okay. And I act as if God is not real. Now, obviously, one of those two things is true. Mm-hmm. God is either real or not real. Okay. We can't have both and we have to have one, right? Mm-hmm. They're mutually exclusive and jointly Oh, how did that go? Mutually exclusive and jointly complete or something like that. Um, Has to be one of them and only one of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So one of us is, one of us is acting not according to reality, right? Mm -hmm. No. And so, so really we would have to say that the thing that motivates us to act and to live and to speak and to write is what we believe Correct. Yeah, and, we and would you say to that, be true. Yeah, would you say that that's independent of reality? It's not what's real that drives us to act. It's what we believe about reality that drives us to react. And with one caveat, there, reality can hopefully can influence our beliefs. You know, if, right. if something yeah, is yeah, real, yeah. hope. But but setting that aside for a second, it's mm. it's not reality that drives us to act. It's it's what we believe about reality. Right. right, what we and believe so if, to be true—that which what and, we believe and, to and be truth—is true. that which corresponds with reality. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So, when what we're looking at here then is the way I figure it. So, what we're trying to determine here is not necessarily—and I'm not saying these are totally unrelated because obviously they're related—but we're not. We don't need to justify. Um, I don't need to need. I don't need to come up with an explanation on what happened. What I need to come up with an explanation for is why do these people believe this thing happened? Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so that's where, that's the crux there, right? The, if these people sat down, whoever, whoever mm-hmm. wrote, you know, wrote Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or, and then the subsequent writings after that, whoever wrote them, they sat down with their pen in their hand or whatever they wrote with their, you know, their, their mind motivated them to do the writing. So, so we, we need, just need to come up with an ex- explanation on why do these people believe this? Now, I'll grant you that one of the possibilities is, hey, maybe that's real. Maybe that, that's what really happened, mm-hmm. right? But there could be other possibilities. And mm-hmm. if there were other possibilities, then we might not be in a if, – if all we're judging it by is on the writing itself – then we not might not be in a position to make a, a solid judgment on that. What do you what do you say to that? Oh, I mean, I think that's 
probably partially true. I think that it's in, um, that it is a, um, uh, yeah, I mean, you have to evaluate each hypothesis and um, determine what best fits. Now, you could have something, say, the res- let's just say, because I assume the resurrection, I-, I say the resurrection is what best explains all of these details. Um, I could still be wrong. Um, it- and the resurrection still best explain all of those details. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, so there's that aspect of it, but I, I mean, I, I I think that right now what we're looking at from a historical standpoint is we're asking ourselves what best explains um, these details. We have certain you know five or six like leading hypotheses of 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 what's going on, and now what best explains that? Mm-hmm. So okay. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, there, yeah, I mean. I, there's always going to be competing hypotheses. Um, uh, so, so it's, it's about um, looking at the evidence and determining and judging, which is most reasonable. What, what best fits a set of certain circumstances. Okay. All right. So I think we're kind of on the page there. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed you couched it kind of expecting me to spring a trap on the very next sentence. <laughs> 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 I'm not. I'm not going to spring a trap on you in the in the next sentence. The trap okay. is coming on three or four sentences down the road. <laughs> That's right. No, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest now some other possible explanations mm-hmm. uh, for what motivated these people to do this to do this mm-hmm. thing. Okay. And so the first thing I want to suggest is that they just got it wrong, right? So so we know that we know that human memory uh, is very a fragile thing, and that's why. That's one of the reasons why, um, you know, it seems like every every other week in the in the news nowadays, we see that, you know, somebody's conviction is overturned because of the DNA evidence or whatever. So we mm-hmm. have we know we know that eyewitness testimonies actually can be very fragile. OK, and, and it's because our, our human memories are prone to make mistakes. And, there, and there's a few things that we know uh, from neuroscience about uh, how our memories are are malleable. And mm-hmm. So we know that certain things, certain types of things happen. For one thing, uh, one thing that could happen is fusion. Okay. So sometimes we have, since our, since our memories are all relational and not like a videotape, right there, we relate things to each other and that's how we remember them. And so two memories can easily get kind of smooshed into one memory. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or there could be confabulation. There could be, you know, memories could just be fantasy that could be just made up that ha- we, you know, we have, we, we have evidence of those kind of things happening. Uh, we have a tendency to personalize things. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we know that if we, if we hear somebody telling a story, um, and I'm sure you've heard this kind of thing happen before where, where somebody will later will tell the story, but they'll kind of remember it as they were there mm-hmm. instead of, instead of somebody else was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, contamination. We know that uh, memories can kind of affect each other. We know that uh, that a memory can be just uh, corrupted, like a corrupt file, right? We know that you know th- things can go wrong there, and we know that it can be distorted. Certain facts can be amplified or made smaller, um, depending on you know affected by a lot of things. I'm going to give you two examples mm-hmm. here, and I specifically chose uh, I, I specifically chose these two examples to show a balanced. A pro, uh, you know, a balanced treatment mm-hmm. here. And one is that, and this came up, this first one came up during, well, actually they, they maybe both came up during the 2016 presidential election in the U S 
Okay, so first, so one thing uh, that Hillary Clinton was relaying a story about how there was a, a time when she was flying in a helicopter someplace, and she's she talked about how she remembered sniper fire and how she had to duck down and run in. She gave she was very. Uh, you know, fairly detailed in the description there. And then later on, we look at the videotape and like, there was no shooting going on there. Then you know, she just was waving and, and was happy. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, and, and of course, one side uh, would say, ah, she was lying or she was, you know, she was making it up or she was trying to sound, you know, make it sound more dramatic or right. whatever. And, um, and then the other, and, and then the other side was like, well, maybe she just misremembered it. We know that these types of memories can be mm-hmm. messed up. Uh, on the flip side, just to show that it's, you know, not both, not one side or the other, but uh, Donald Trump also during, I think it was during the election, he talked about how he saw American Muslims celebrating by the thousands after 9-11. And he described, um, I, I think it was, it was something about New mm-hmm. York or something. And then there was like a rally or something and they were celebrating. And then of course, later on, we find out that that wasn't mm-hmm. the case. And, and uh, my side jumped all over him and say, look, he's making things up. Um, I was not one of the people that said that because I knew, you know, I had read about this type of thing. You know, we know that um, uh, that memories can, can be mm-hmm. messed up and, and mushed up and changed in all those various ways that I described before. And so that is one mm-hmm. suggestion. OK, we know that the Gospels were, you know, much of it was written decades later. Um, you know, some, some scholars would even say, you know, hundred years later, but you said 30 to 60 mm-hmm. or whatever. And, you know, that I think, uh, the stuff I read was saying about 70. Um, but we're, you know, we're within, you know, the realm of, you know, we're still, our answers are still kind of are close enough that we can have right. a discussion without having, you know, that be right. a big wall, but still we're talking about years later. Right. And so, um, and so it's, it's very easy for, for that to have happened. And, and, you know, if, if one, if maybe if one of the, you know, one of the followers of Jesus had this memory and maybe it was modified somehow because of their, cause they all were very, they believed very strongly in their, in Jesus, right. They were, you know, they, what they're famously were mm-hmm. martyred and, you know, they, they went, they had a very strong belief in, in, in what they had. And so it, um, you know, so I think it's reasonable that, um, to think that that could have happened. Um, and so, and, and plus we also know we have many, many cases from, uh, from our studies in neuroscience and psychology that this kind of thing does mm-hmm. happen. You know, you hear stories about implanted memories. You hear stories about, you know, a, a child accusing their parent of, of molestation, and then we find out later that it didn't happen because they were away at camp mm-hmm. for those two weeks or something, you know. And so, so very important and very strong memories, but and and you know they can be it can be modified somehow. So that's gonna, that's going to be my first suggestion, and we'll come back to that. Uh, my second suggestion. Oh, wait, 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 you yeah, want to take these one yeah, at a time? Yeah, let's take them in turn. You want to go one at a time? Okay, and probably be easier that way. So, um, so basically, what we're talking about here is is the transmission of of the evidence. So we're we're asking ourselves, um, you know, these people who saw these things, did, did they accurately, um, were they able to accurately, uh, either in writing or orally pass it along 
through history without it um, being changed and not necessarily nefarious intent, but you suggested a, a lot of it has to do with um, just some, some, you know, mind playing tricks and some other things going on. So yep, uh, honest to goodness yeah. mistakes. So it, it's, it's, it, it reminds me of like the telephone game, right? And, and for our listeners, I'm sure uh-huh. they know about it where, where it involves where somebody has like a sentence or a brief something or other, and, and they whisper it to a person standing right next to them in line. And then that person whispers it to the next person and so on all the way down the line. And then the last person recites it out loud, uh, what she heard. And then everybody has a good laugh because it's, it's all jacked up. You know, I, right. I initially said something in their ear, like the Browns are going to be Super Bowl champs and it ends up, uh, coming out. The Steelers are awesome. And the Browns suck. Like and so it's like, it gets all distorted. Um, but I, I think there's, um, the, the transmission of scripture is not like the telephone game, and here's why. Um, first, we have virtually all historians agree that the First Corinthians 15 passage, that early creed, that that, that butts right up against uh, the resurrection. So we're talking not 100 years, not 70 years, not 20 years. We're talking within three or four years after the crucifixion uh, mm-hmm. was this oral tradition being cited. And the goal of the telephone game is to see how badly the story can get misrepresented, really. While the goal of the New Testament, um, the, the copying was by and large to produce very careful, accurate copies of the original. Uh, second, mm-hmm. the telephone game, there's only w- one line. You have one person telling that the story all the way down. Uh, but uh, with the New Testament, we had uh, three or four different lines of transmission where where mm-hmm. this is being passed on through uh, three or four different lines. Um, third um, is is with the telephone game, it, it's oral, recited once in the ear, and that's it. Uh, while the New Testament, uh, it's it's written down and it's copied by a faithful scribe who could check his work or have someone else mm-hmm. check it. I think also the telephone game, um, uh, only the wording of the last person of the line can be checked. But while the New Testament, uh, the, the textual critics have access to m- many early texts. So w- we have some going very uh, close back to the time of the autographs. And then I think lastly, ancient scribes uh, had access to all these earlier texts and would often check their work against a manuscript uh, that was many mm-hmm. generations older than their but those, are, those would come after it's written down, right? That would come after the 40 years or whatever, right, the but, 30 years. But you're forgetting we have that creed that historians say, yes, this is historical, that this, that, that this was documented correctly, that Jesus died by Roman crucifixion, that, you know, that was... That, 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 okay. Yeah, so, so, so that was... But that, that, that creed doesn't talk about the you know, the meeting up with Jesus later on. Sure it does. It says, it says, um, so it is, uh, let's see here. For I delivered to you as of first importance, what I also received. So this is the apostle Paul talking that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas and then the twelve. So that was the early creed that butts up right up against the resurrection 
that historians say, yep, mm-hmm. that, that is historical. That, 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 and that was passed down. So that was, in fact, written. Yes. Well, it was, it was, it was oral, but, but they could use a timeline to say, okay, well, if, um, uh, let's see, Jesus' crucifixion was around 30 AD, and Paul's conversion was 32 AD. Paul's first visit to Jerusalem was at this time. And, and, and so they could say, um, you know, if the crucifixion was in 30 AD, Paul's conversion was uh, as early as 34 AD, and his first meeting in Jerusalem was around 37 AD. Then we could see um, the time between the event of Christ's crucifixion and Paul receiving the information about his death, burial, and resurrection, uh, it would be as short as five or six years. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so best case scenario, we're looking at five or six years still, which is still plenty of time for memories. I mean, if you're if you you were talking about the 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 telephone game, right? Well, what if while the telephone while it's getting transmitted, what if the first person who was the original mm-hmm. source, what if in, in the, when it gets to the end, they say, Hey, it was blah. And the first person says, no, no, it was, it was this other thing. If that, so then you're, that's how, you know, it's got, it well, got messed up because you're comparing it to the original, right, but, th- but that's so, so at the very, at the very least we have something that's possible though. We know, mm, we know that this type of thing no. happens. We know that it can happen over the course well, of a few wait, years. Well, hold on. You know, we, we've, hold heard, on. we've heard this type of thing. Hold on. I, no, I, I'm, I'm stuck on this point because, um, it, 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 that yes, things like this do happen, but in this case, I just gave you five reasons why, um, why the telephone game is not, um, is not the same as, um, as this. Right. <laughs> so you're, so you're suggesting that it's much less likely because, well, yeah, almost, almost impossible because of the amount of manuscripts we have, we're able to compare. We have over 27,000 Greek and um, uh, um, Greek, Greek and Aramaic uh, New Testament. Um, right. Well, those all came after the fact, after the original yeah, writing, suppose the quote unquote but, original but they writing. Also, but it, it, they also say the same thing as the early creed. And and the just because the early creed was received seven, maybe let's say at the very latest with the Apostle Paul seven years after doesn't mean that that mm-hmm. that that's when it got started. I mean these creeds take time right, to that, develop but, and things like that. Right, right, exactly, exactly. That's my point. They take time to develop, and so by the time you know, if we're talking you know seven years down the road, you know clearly you know that could have that type of thing at least could have happened. And so we have we have something that at least is possible. We know we know that this type of thing happens, and we know that it happens on the time scale that we're right, talking but, about. But again, I, I gave you reasons why we right even taken into why, account why all of those reasons. We that. but we but that doesn't but that doesn't but that doesn't make it. What that does is that in, you know you look at that and you see well okay that makes it unlikely. Yeah. Okay, and but but we still know it. it we still know that this type of thing happens, and we so know that it's possible. So, what do you think it is? Okay. that um, th- that got got messed up, or how it got messed up? How exactly along the the line of 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 either orally or written transmission, what got changed, or how did it get changed? Well, I mean, if there if there was a if a if an oral tradition had developed about about people seeing Jesus after the, I mean, people see Elvis all the time, you know, people see dead people 
Very often. And, and, and so in lot, very often it's, it's when people that were very important to them, obviously it's not random people mm-hmm. seeing, well, I suppose sometimes it is, but very often it's, you know, huge Elvis fans, you know, they, or they, you know, they see, right. they see Elvis. And so, and so, and so at the, and I'm not well, saying that, would that work, we have evidence that, that, that this would, happened. That, that would, well, what I'm what saying I'm, is that that would work if, if Jesus only appeared to one person. Uh, or he only appeared to a couple of people, but he he appeared to all kinds of people, including five hundred right. people at one and time. So, and so, you you can't hallucinate. Uh, well, we have the one story saying that it was a five hundred people. We don't have five hundred individual documents, right? We we just have one person saying um, it was yeah, five hundred people. But also, but, but, but that, you you could know the truthfulness of that. First of all, historians believe that that that. That that is true. That the five hundred people saw something, so it actually happened. They won't go so. Of course, they won't go so far as say Jesus resurrected. But but th- that is historical. That that five at least five hundred people, and the way they could tell is by using the same criteria they do for everything else. And and you could look at sure, but historical doesn't necessarily mathematical mean fact. Factual. Right. You, nothing is so unless you want to throw out right. all of history and say, well, we can't know anything. You know what I'm saying? Like all I'm saying is is right. But but we're 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 con- we're we're considering we're considering reasonable. Let's let's move on to that. We'll so come is back that to reasonable this, to consider? Uh, at- After I gave you this information, is it reasonable to imply that the disciples or or this transmission got lost in in somehow in in translation? Oh yeah, it definitely is reasonable because we know that this type of thing has right, happened. Even- we know that it's happened on the time scale that we're talking about. We know that multiple people have done this. About you know, we know we talked about how um, one person's memories can, af- you know, if they hear stories from one person, it can affect their you know the memories of the other person. They can personalize it. They can say, "Oh, it happened to me too," and all that. Yeah, kind but of we're stuff. we're talking but about let, individuals and groups. We're talking about situations where Jesus ate with yeah, people, yeah, where exactly. Jesus touched so people, like. And, and they're all reporting right. the same thing. It, and so if, if that really happened, then that would be one possibility to motivate, you know, for, for their belief. But what I'm saying is that there could be other possibilities. I would there say could be there's other reasons they believe. I would this. say, yes, there are other possibilities. I wouldn't say that that okay, is, that's I wouldn't fine. say that this, I would say of, of all of these things, this is extremely low on the totem pole as far as, is reasonable. You know, like when you, when you think about reasonability, you know, it's, is something could be possible. Maybe I should say probable. Do you think this is actual probable? It, it's possible. Yeah. yeah well, but is it probable compared to what? Com- I mean, probable is a relative, well, is a relative to, I think it's more likely this than anything else. I have no idea. Okay. I don't right. know. Okay. But and so let's, let's move on to the next one. I have, I have a few other suggestions here. And the second one was that aliens, mm-hmm. Aliens, right? And and uh, I'm basing this off of, and I think I brought this quote up before, but maybe not. But it was Arthur C. Clarke. He was a sci-fi author, and he said, uh, "Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic." And uh, not necessarily that that you know he was making a claim about the mm-hmm. world. I think he I think he said it in the context of like a, they were talking about sci-fi. But we can easily imagine that kind of thing. I mean, we see stories about um, you know. Uh, explorers and encountering primitive tribes. And then they, sh- they like a light, a lighter and everybody's, Ooh, you know, a lighter, you know, it's mm-hmm. magic. You can summon fire and stuff like that. And so we've at least seen movies where they do, they do things like that. And so we we can kind of wrap our head around that. So imagine that earth is the, 
you know, the primitive tribe. And then we have these, you know, maybe an alien species visiting, coming to visit Earth. And, you know, maybe they have some kind of advanced technology, maybe that they could, um, you know, in the in in one case, maybe they kind of reproduced everything in the Bible. Maybe they, um, you know, maybe they decided for whatever reason they wanted, uh, you know, to make this happen. Um, and, uh, you know, they could, maybe they can do things, maybe they can do things that to us look like miracles. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe they can make it appear that somebody's dead, or maybe they can take somebody who is dead and make them appear to be alive. Or, you know, they could even do things like pod people, you know, maybe they insert like it, maybe Jesus wasn't really a human being. Maybe it was like a, you know, something, you know, a simulated human being or, or the, the, the imagination can sure run can. wild here. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, so that could be, that would fit, you know, that would fit all of, uh, all, you know, your evidence that would fit, you know, everything written about the, um, you know, written in the Bible, it would fit, uh, you know, everything from the other authors that you were mm-hmm. talking about that, that were writing about things, you know, historians and so forth that were mm-hmm. writing about that time. So that would be, that would be another option. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Were you done? Yeah. So sorry. Go ahead. What um, do you have to say? No, about that? I think that we, when, when we're looking at evidence for this, this kind of thing, Hey, you know, what is the most likely, what is, you know, what is the, uh, the thing that, that seems most likely, um, I think we're talking our most plausible. I think we're talking about what best fits this this data. Um, we could, you're right. We could come up with all kinds of things that would be considered possible, or, or that we could likely think of. Um, but the question is: mm-hmm. Is it probable? In 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 which of this best fits the data? So when we have. Um, Jesus, when he comes back from the dead, you know, he attributed his resurrection to God, to the Hebrew God of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we also have, um, you know, we also have this resurrection set in in that first century Palestine, um, Judaism uh, kind of historical backdrop. So um, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's any evidence that that UFOs raised Jesus from the dead, uh, other than the evidence that that is listed that we listed uh, the minimal facts, which right. I think when when you put the two hypotheses together and ask the question, which best fits the you know the the data that that aliens that we really don't have any evidence for traveled probably several light years. For probably several thousands mm-hmm. of miles to come, and in, in, in interject one, you know, one time here in in human history for some unknown reason, or was it that that Jesus was God is is what he claimed to be, and that he was just telling the truth? You know, sometimes a lot, a lot of times when people say the plain things are the main things, and the main things are the plain things, um, and and that sometimes the 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 outcome or the possibility that is the most uh, valuable or that is the most um, predictable is just the one that is the, the, the most basic or the, or the most plain. And it just seems mm-hmm. to me that, that, right. that when Jesus claimed to have rose from the dead and he attributed that to God, um, unless Jesus was mm-hmm. in, on the, in on the gig with the aliens, 
Um, I don't see any reason to to consider that uh, seriously, other than as a like you said, as a, other than as a quote possibility. Right, right, and and you know if we're talking about you know likelihood and probability and that kind of thing, I mean we're talking about heretofore unheard of, you know, previously unheard of, you know, crazy things happen, you know, coming back to life. That's a, that's a big thing. You know, that's a, that's a huge thing happening. I mean, it's, it's never happened before. All of our experience shows otherwise aliens coming to earth. Oh, we have you know, we don't have any evidence that that ever happened before. And, you know, we don't have any evidence that it ever happened otherwise. And so, you know, it's, it's not like we're comparing, um, you know, somebody walking down the street versus somebody, um, you know, levitating down the street. It, you know, it's, it's where I, I, you know, I think we're st- still comparing apples to apples. You know, it's just thing, you know, it's just, you know, we, we kind of glide over Well, the resurrection, you know, came back to life, blah, blah, blah. Well, Hey, wait, hold on, hold, hold the horses there. That's a, that's a huge thing. That's a huge claim. And so, um, you know, so I don't think it's not like we're talking about different realms, you know, Really, we're we're presenting both of them as possibilities, and uh, as far as assigning probabilities, you know, we, you know, we have really no basis at all to to assign any well, kind of I'm, probability I, well, I think at we all. Can. Uh, they're they're both they both well, would I think be they unique can. events. If, if I said that I went back in time in my DeLorean and and resurrected Jesus from the dead, that would probably be less likely mm-hmm. than aliens did it, and far less likely than than what the authors actually attributed the resurrection to, namely God. So I, I think you can. Right. But you're saying that without any, you're saying that without any the, kind no, of basis, you know, no, that's, you think I, no, that, but, but you're a Christian. No, that's not true. So, you know, I, I mean, I'm saying that with, with some evidence, namely that, that we have evidence that, that, that Jesus in, in we are putting him in a first century Palestine, Jewish historical context. You, you, we can't take him uh-huh. out of that context and, and just apply any old possibility. We have to ask ourselves, um, what what would aliens want with this? Do we have any evidence that they would want to do something like this? Do we have evidence that there are aliens? Because look, we do have evidence, at least that that, that the Jews believed that there was uh, this God, the God of the Old Testament. We we do have um, evidence that Jesus was a miracle worker himself. Uh, even his enemies called him a sorcerer. Um, you know, basically claiming that he was doing these things. Um, and so we have and we can put Jesus in this first century context, which makes it more like all of that evidence that but n- none of that evidence tips the scales towards one explanation or another, because they both they're both they both would be unique events. They both would be extraordinary events. And they both fit all of that, all of the data. They both fit no, all of the I, evidence. I, I mean, I don't think they. I, yeah, well, no, they so do. do we, do we have well, any evidence I mean, for aliens? Do we have any evidence for aliens? That, that aliens outside, that aliens, outside of outside of the Bible, we have as much evidence for aliens as we do for gods. Mm, no, I, I'm not not sure that that's not sure that's true. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, and and that, because that number um, is zero, we have no evidence outside of that context. Because anything that you anything that you say, well, here's some evidence for God. Well, that could also be aliens. Right. And so since we, we don't we can't distinguish between a God created event and an alien created event, then we can't say that any particular thing 
pushes it one direction or the other. That's kind of my point here is that, you know, so. So even, we're, we're, even if the first century, forced, even if the people in the first century accredited the resurrection to God, that, that doesn't tip the scales. Even if they were convinced well, that, that just it means was that, God, that doesn't tip the scales. Right. Right. Yeah. If Well, we said that, you know, if it's advanced enough civil uh, or uh, technology, well, they I mean, could that, that mistake makes it, it for that, or that, they could think that, or the aliens might, the aliens may have even well, wanted may, it to look see, that again, way. We would have to have some kind of reason to believe that to be true. We'd have to have it's something that says, yeah, aliens wanted to do this, or we would, we, we would. Right. And we don't right, have that but something, we, but we, and we don't but, have this in out outside of what you were just talking about. We don't have any reason to think it was a God because, you know, here we're trying to make an et- an argument for the existence of a God. If we could already prove that but a God there is existed other evidence, but there is other of evidence context, outside of that context. Right. But all of that, all of that evidence also fits the alien explanation. Okay. So if That's you're going to attribute what I'm saying all here is of the evidence, what we call evidence to God or what, if you're going to call that uh, alien, okay, call it alien. That's fine. If you want to call God, okay. quote God with an uppercase G, alien. Okay. Well, we'll call him alien then. He is no longer called God. I'll, I'll I'll call him alien then. Well, it might it might not it might not be you know a him. It might not be well, one. You know, it could be an alien again, civilization. It, they could be making. You know, they, they could be manipulating again, things on about Earth. A, a, the God of the Bible or God proper being. We have to ask mm-hmm. ourselves what would that. Um, what would a God be like? And a God would have to be maximally good. A God would have to be um, perfectly um, just and perfectly honest. Well, well, that's, but that's the very definition of God. No, not at if, all. If, that's right. what, the so, way you define it. Again, yeah. we're, we're putting it within the context. First century Jew, we're talking about, we're talking about um, a, mm-hmm. um, a, a um, talking about the God of, of the Bible. Okay, that so that that mm-hmm. is the the context in which we're dealing with now. So to throw to throw aliens, so, so prior to, to that, there have been in is 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 just kind of nuts. You, you can no, it's not. Well, it's no more nuts than saying that uh, there's a god. No, I mean you know because because if if you look at the context, there had been other religions for you know for millennia, and so so we were dealing with these people that didn't have a very sophisticated scientific knowledge. And if they saw something like that, they, it would make sense for them to naturally think it was a God. And so there's your explanation right there. You know, if, if they see it, then they, they're going to think it's a God. You know, and, and what, I'm, what I'm saying, the point that I'm making here, and, you know, none of the evidence that you can bring up can differentiate it because you don't, I mean, you have to imagine what you think a God was like. You said that we'd have to imagine why we'd have to wonder why the aliens would do this. Well, it's the same thing. We'd no, have to we, wonder why no, we don't. a God no, would do this. And he, we could make he's in, in the Holy yeah, scriptures. The do. reason why God rose Jesus was to validate his claims of being God. And we could say, well, why, why would God? Right. But maybe there's an alien civilization that wanted people <laughs> okay. to think that I get for that. whatever I get reason. You're saying that. Or, may, or maybe they, or maybe they wanted, mm-hmm. or maybe they wanted something to happen. And the people right. interpreted I, I that. it that You know way. what? I'm in your living room right now too, Scott. Like, listen, we could come up with all these weird possibilities, right? But the question is, what is more probable? You could say, oh, aliens wanted to do it. Or I could say, listen, it's just like what the authors 
intended. It's exactly what they said it right. was. Jesus claimed to be God, and he was risen from the dead, be- and he was validated as God, and he validate- God, God validated his claims, his own claims of being God by raising him from the dead. That seems more probable than aliens. It, se- it, it seems that way to you and it because you're that a way Christian. And it seems first century. But nothing that you said, none of that stuff that you just said don't also okay. fit the other explanation. Oh. It, it, okay. it fits Listen, it equally well. We, we, we can so anyway, this out. Off the record, do you really think, I mean, honestly, with your, within your, I mean, really, really believe that that is just as good, just as equally as good of an explanation? Aliens. Well, of course. Oh, my god! Don't you? No. Seriously? No, I don't at all. That's ridiculous. Well, well then then provide provide something that could happen from a god, but couldn't happen from aliens. Well, we don't know that aliens could raise anyone from the dead. We don't we don't know that. And just as equally, we don't um, know that gods no, can do well, that either. I mean, you, you say that, but there's there's obviously we have we have all kinds of um, ex- d- different stories in the Bible and in the like, which talk about raising people from the right. dead. Right? No, that's what that's what we're trying to justify. All all of mm-hmm. that stuff that you just said. That's what we're trying to show is done by a god so, rather so, than by so how rather would, than so, by so, aliens. So basically, this so we're basically saying. See, my thing is, is you you came across as being what you called a methodological naturalist, and in in but to me right. it seems as if you're presupposing, hey, this is impossible, and there's no way we could determine otherwise. So to me, that doesn't sound. I well, I never said the word. I never okay, said so, the word impossible. So so how could these claims, or, or how could? What would prove to you that that something like this was 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 possible? Like the, the res- like the resurrection. Like what I mean, it, to, to me, it seems like you're ruling this out in advance. Like there's absolutely there's. I d- I didn't rule anything out. I never said anything anywhere near that. I said I all I said was that this I I said this other explanation fits the evidence just as well. Okay, and That's I, all said I said it didn't because we have we have a a, a a historical background and backdrop in which to place it in. So I guess we'll have to let our listeners decide. Right. But all, but all of those other things that you just said, the historical backdrop, et cetera, those can also fit the mm-hmm. alien explanation. Yeah. No, I don't think so, but that's, I mean, we got to move on. Well, let's move on. I know you don't think so. I, you know, I'm okay. So on to the next one. All right. So, um, so, uh, we had the faulty memory. We had the aliens, and and uh, a third explanation could be we. Um, an, it's another technological explanation. We maybe we have some uh, humans from the future, or, or I suppose the past or so. But maybe we have some time traveling humans, and they and they want to, and maybe they chose. Maybe they saw that this religion developed somehow. Who knows? Maybe they maybe they um, um, decided to. For whatever reason, maybe they thought Christianity was good at this particular point in history, and so they wanted to encourage it. And so they came back in time, and they made these, you know, they made these things happen. Maybe they, you know, maybe they turned water into wine somehow. Maybe they, you know, that maybe they stopped Abraham's hand from knifing his son, mm-hmm. you know, or, or whatever. Um, and that maybe they uh, somehow uh, did a 
you know, finagled somehow Jesus to appear to be alive, either to actually be alive or to, you know, at least make these people believe that he was alive. Maybe they talked Jesus into it, you know, who knows? So, but we could have, um, and, and um, it, it reminds me of, of Star Trek. I know I'm a big nerd, but, uh, and I'm sure you've heard of Star mm-hmm. Trek and probably oh, yeah. have seen at least, a few, uh, you know, most people have seen a little bit of it or at least enough to kind of know what's going on. And, um, and they had something in Star Trek called the Prime Directive, and 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 really, it was a plot device. It was it was um, um, a method for kind of inserting drama and and suspense in, into the show. But basically, their Prime Directive was that if they came across this developing uh, this developing uh, civilization, they they and well, I suppose this would apply to aliens too. But they, they didn't want to directly interfere. Uh, sometimes they would kind of stretch that a little bit. Sometimes they would. Um, you know, sometimes they would like dress up as people from that society and they would go in and, and, you know, maybe they needed to kind of get them on a different, going in a different direction or who knows what, but, but, uh, but they wanted to, they didn't want to mess with other people basically. And so, and so that could be what's happening here. That could explain why, you know, why didn't they just say, Hey, we're aliens. We're from this planet or, you know, we're humans from the year 5,000 or, or whatever. Uh, That could explain why maybe they didn't, uh, you know, right. they didn't come in and be honest. And and so, or maybe they would, maybe they knew that it would blow the people's minds and they would freak out and go to war or, you know, who knows what. And so they wanted to be subtle. They wanted to make subtle uh, adjustments here. And so uh, I guess, I guess the, all right. the arguments would be the same for, for the human beings traveling through time as, as it would well, be for yeah, aliens. I mean, I, I would know, just there anything ask, that you do, wanted to say you about this particular? Any other event in history to, to something like aliens or space traveling humans, and if not, why? Why just the resurrection? Any other event? Like, what about the Lincoln assassination? Um, well, I, I bet aliens wanted the North to win because they're so far, like, or wanted the South to win because they're all about enslaving people. And ins- I could envision them wanting to enslave mm-hmm. the, the humans and. They think probably slavery is a good thing. And since Abraham Lincoln, since he was against slavery, I could uh-huh. see them coming down here and wanting to, to to mess with things. And so they came down and they, 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 they made a plot to assassinate the president of the United States so that the South would uh-huh. maybe win or that or, or, or whatever. Man, yeah. So, like, do you attribute any other? I, I su- well, to answer your, to answer your question, I said, you know, let's use your Lincoln example there. If we if we didn't have any evidence outside of of that story that that kind of thing happened, I mean that that kind of thing happened all the time. People get killed all the time. You know, even uh, world leaders by that time you know had been getting killed over. So you you're know, saying because for, it was a miracle, you know, thousands and because thousands the resurrection of, years. of Jesus was a miracle that now we could attribute all kinds of crazy things, all kinds of crazy possibilities because it was a miracle, but. Okay, no, go ahead. I, you didn't let me finish. Sorry. You didn't let me finish. And so, um, so since we have more mundane explanations, I mean, this this goes back to uh, when we were talking about evidence. We said um, it would it would require less for me to um, if I'm trying to explain if I'm trying to justify a mundane event, then I can use then you know I there's less of a I don't need extraordinary evidence. And that's because we have evidence of that kind of thing happening all the time. We have evidence that people walk to other people's houses all the time. And so if I walked, you know, a mile to your house or whatever, you'd believe me. But if I 
told you that I flapped my wings and flew there, you'd need more of an explanation. You need more evidence to believe that. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, if, if something, um, you can slap the word, word miracle on it, but if it's something that's unusual or un, you know, unknown up to that point, then yeah, we have to, you know, it, it seems to me like you're the one who is excluding possibilities. I never excluded any kind of, uh, I didn't say that yours so, couldn't have happened. I'm just saying that well, it could I'm be these other though, things too. And so if, if we come across a novel situation, we need to be, we need to consider these different so, possibilities. <laughs> and we also need to consider the possibility that maybe we so don't my, know. My, my point though is, is you said yourself that, that all, the, all of your data it, it could lines up with it could have been aliens, and what I'm saying is all of all of your data mm-hmm. with Abraham Lincoln, it c- could have been aliens. Yep. So why don't you attribute yes. that to aliens? But the miracle the re- of the resurrection, you do. It sounds like you have a bias towards towards the, toward towards uh, miracles. No. Nope. So so like no. Nope, that- so so why no, don't you it. attribute? the assassination of Abraham Lincoln or any other event in human history. Why not the big bang? Why not the, you attribute the big bang to a natural source. What about aliens? You don't. No, I don't. I did not. No. Okay. You say you don't know, but but you argue like it's a natural cause. You, you, I'm, I'm argue, I argue saying that it could be a natural cause. And since we all agree that natural things exist, supernatural, then, or that you don't, or that you don't don't I didn't say you, you don't believe I never it was argued a supernatural that. cause. We don't have we don't have any evidence okay, to believe that. And that's what I'm that saying that's about aliens right. and the resurrection. We don't have any evidence to believe it was aliens. Just like we don't have any evidence to believe that aliens were meddling in with with the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Right. All right. I agree. I agree. We don't, and then that's why I don't attribute a, that you know those things to so, aliens because so we the don't resurrection have any evidence is the only likewise is the only thing in history that you would you, you would attribute. Something like that, too. Is there any other event? No, I'm not attributing. I'm not attributing the resurrection to these causes. What I'm saying is that I am equally skeptical about each of these explanations so far. I'm not saying that I have any evidence that any of these happened, including your explanation. Okay. I'm saying they're on equal footing because there is no evidence to tip us from one from one of the explanations no. to another. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying I think it's this. What I'm saying is I'm equally skeptical about these other explanations for the for the same reasons as I am about your explanation because we don't have any evidence for them. We don't have any evidence to use Wallace's words or to use the, you know, to use the jury instructions that he that he uh, brought into play here. We don't have any, we have these multiple explanations that all fit the evidence and we don't have any reason to favor mm, one of yeah, them I over another. I guess you just have to di- uh, disagree on that. Well, that's fine. That's fine. I got two more to go. Great. <laughs> I got two more to go. Um, okay. You ready? Okay. So the next one then is, is well, maybe, uh, maybe it was some unknown natural cause. Okay. Maybe somehow just naturally people can come back to life. Or maybe just naturally people can, um, you know, appear to die and not die and not actually be dead. You know, maybe they maybe he was in some kind of a coma or something. You know, who knows what? You know, maybe there was some kind of natural explanation that we don't know about. Okay, so that was one. Exp- um, 
And then I got one more. Did you have anything you want to add in there or is kind of the same thing as no, your same I mean, rejection th- as the other ones? I mean, that's called the swoon theory, the idea that, that Jesus didn't really die on the cross. And I, I think, to be honest with you, Scott, I think, I think there's really good evidence um, that that is not the case. Um, and we could we could list a few things um, historically. So um, the Romans um, could have been punished with death. Had had they not completed certain tasks, um, so they were they were asked to crucify Jesus uh, and and kill him dead. Mm-hmm. And yes, so so no, okay, I I. I, th- right. I think so he I get, was, he I was I get dead, where you're going so. here. And, and so that would be a reason that that would be a reason that they all thought he was dead because they did things that, well, this kills people before. Right. So if I do it again, it should kill him. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not I'm not suggesting the swoon theory. I'm not saying that I think that that's what happened. What I'm saying is maybe something there's maybe there's some kind of natural phenomenon happening because we learn mm-hmm. new natural new well, things you about should nature be equally as you should be equally very, very often as as skeptical of that because it's it's if 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 that is what happened it's the one time it's it's happened ever so that we know of so 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 that right I, and i think kind of that's what uh, you're suggesting what, so, as well right that would be the one time this person was brought back to life. Right, but I think I could, argue, I think I could argue in context that, that that was different. He predicted his own death and resurrection, and then he and then he resurrected. So I mean, right? Uh, but, but but to attribute it to a natural cause then is is what we would have to say is that that just so happened to perfectly line up and succinct with when he, when he died and predicted his own death. So, I, I mean, I just don't think that that holds any water. You could say, well, it's an unknown, some kind of unknown thing. I, I think that would be science of the gaps, you know? Yeah, or may, maybe it's happened before. May, maybe it's happened at other times. It just wasn't noteworthy because they didn't, maybe they didn't write down the other people who didn't you mean the other people who just came back, back to, life. to life, they, you know, they people, wouldn't have possibly written that down or we would have never. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it happened like before people oh, okay. would write things, you know, who knows what, or That's people see strange. Elvis all the time. Yeah. Right. I, you know, I people mean, see I, Elvis I really, walking down the street. People see Michael. Ja- oh, I saw him. I swear. I saw Michael Jackson at the mall the yeah. other day and stuff like all right. that. All right. So what I'm saying is that it fits the, it fits okay. the evidence. Um, the last. Ec- All right, go ahead. Next. What's that? No, next, please. It, this seems completely ridiculous, and I know you'll say, "Well, of course you will. You're a Christian." No, I mean, fr- fr- what I'm saying is, w- when we put this in, right, your explanation right. Well, seems completely fine, ridiculous to me. Context: when, when we say, "Okay, this is," th- th- we have a man who predicted his own death, and then we have precisely when he say he'd rise, we have him now being seen by X amount of people as being alive. Uh, after he was dead. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. I don't think we need to. Um, so the last explanation then is maybe there's some other kind of magical, uh, you know, maybe there is supernatural things, but maybe that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be God, you know? So maybe there's like, uh, you know, maybe Jesus was a sorcerer, but wanted to be thought of as God. And so made these things happen. Or maybe that uh, like Loki you know, God, the trickster God, right? Uh, Loki wanted these things to happen, but maybe he wanted people to think that, it, that Christ, you know, he wanted people to be Christians or something. So he tricked people into thinking this, or maybe it was gremlins or pixies or, you know, magical fairies or, or, or who knows what, maybe there's some other kind of magical explanation that we just, you know, haven't even thought of. Mm, Any thoughts be, there? 
primarily the same thoughts, and I'll sum it up in about 10 seconds. The thoughts are that I think all of these kind of explanations you have to, to look at and say, okay, these are all, quote, possible, end quote. But what? Right. But what? Yes. Right. That's all and I'm all saying. What I'm saying is what seems to be the best explanation, what seems to be the most probable explanation. And I'm saying that since we don't have uh-huh. evid- evidence of unicorns and, and or Loki, and since Loki is a made up um, fictional character, and since... But that's what he would yeah, want see, you to I, think, I, isn't it? We could it? do that all day, like with anything. But that's not how we live right. life. Um, we, we we don't live life like that. We ask, what is right. the most reasonable explanation? And all I'm claiming is the most reasonable explanation mm-hmm. of Jesus rising from the dead or of these um, five or six main facts, minimal facts, is when you said it in first century mm-hmm. Jewish Palestine. Uh, under those circumstances that I think the resurrection is the best explanation. Right. And so, and and then of course my point was that um, you, but there's, you can't, there's nothing that you can point to that doesn't also fit the other explanations. Okay. There, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing to tip the well, scale towards that particular other evidence. For uh, God's you, you, t- you talk, you talk about first century Palestine and so on. And, but all of all of that other evidence that you talk about can also fit with these other explanations, and so we need to have a way well, to we, I think, discriminate between well, I think, between them. And we don't. We don't well, have a I mean, way to discriminate. What would you say them. about like, for instance, like we have um, the Jewish people who claim to have some kind of relationship with a supernatural being? Okay, so and 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 they're they're claiming uh-huh. to have this relationship, and and they're they they they're writing these things down, and and as we read it, we could see why, or we could see uh, the quote the God of of the 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 Israelites or the Jewish people interacting with the Jewish people. We could see God explaining why He's interjecting in in history and human history. And, and so we could see this storyline of, of, of why uh, this supernatural being the God of, of, of the Bible or the God of the Jewish people would raise someone like Jesus from the dead. What I'm saying is, is we don't have Mm -hmm. any other narrative that, that describes why aliens would want to do the like that. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you look at the narrative, why do you think that that mm-hmm. what you just said? Why do you think that can't fit with any of I the think other it best explanations? Fits with the explanation that the the writers but in order for you to make the that, writers in order for I'm you to finished. make that determination. Okay, sorry. Yep, go ahead. That the the I, what I'm saying is is that I think you would have to show some kind of evidence that that aliens are are, are trying to be tricksters and trying to interject. Whereas I'm sh- all I'm saying is let's take the text plainly for for what it's saying and let's not imply anything else in it and and let's just take them at their word if somebody could come up on the witness stand and 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 they could tell you a story the defense could get up and say well what about this or what about that well i mean sure you you could interject all kinds of stories and all kinds of possibilities but then then you would have to show what why it is that they're not telling the truth like, are, are they, mm-hmm. I mean, again, you, you could bring up all kinds of possibilities, uh, but, or you could just take them for what they said it was. 
And in this particular case, it was the, them having this, this relationship with the God of the Bible, their God. Right, but that doesn't that doesn't fit your explanation any better than the other because that just shows that that's what they believe. Okay, I, I okay, think, but I so, think that would be. I think if somebody honestly, if if you're having a whole people group believe this to be the case, I would say that that's better evidence than some somebody was able to trick all of them into believing that that was the case. You see what I'm saying? I mean, does it make more sense to say why? Why do you? Why do you say that makes more sense? Well, I mean, it just would seem to me that it would be easier. Um, yeah, it does seem to you, doesn't it? But can you give a reason why it would seem to somebody else or why it should seem to you? What? Why it should seem to me to be, well, I would think that yeah. if somebody if, if somebody claimed something, if they came to me and they told me something, um, I, I think mm-hmm. it would be easier to take them for their word as opposed to uh, as opposed to sitting back and, and contemplating, okay, well, what else could it have been? You see what I'm saying? Well, yeah, he's saying that he believed that, but it could have been X, mm-hmm. Y, or Z, or it just could have been what they said it was. I, I never said that it couldn't. I never mm-hmm. said that it couldn't be. Your no, I know that. Well, when I when I say I that, I'm that arguing for have, best you, explanations. All. Yeah, yeah. But you, but you need to have something that will fit your explanation that doesn't fit the other explanations. Not just a well, I, mm-hmm. I think it kind of goes this way. You know, you need to have something. You know, if two people walk up to your, to your house and one of them says they walked there and the other one says they flapped their wings and flew there, why don't you just believe him? Why don't you just believe that person? Um, why don't I believe that they, they just they flapped their arms and got here? No, I, yeah. no, I, I don't believe, think why? that's analogous. I think Wouldn't the best, that make more I sense think the best analogy to just believe what they no, said. I th- that's what you're no, saying. I think the best analogy. I don't think that's very analogous. I, th- I think a better. Um, it's exactly what so, you said. I took exactly the words that you said well, and applied so, it here. Le, le, no, I think that if one person came here and they said that they uh-huh. that they they got here by flying or flapping their wings or or whatever, uh-huh. um, then I would have to see the evidence for that. Right, and that's what I'm saying. And since we don't have that evidence, then what would well, you no, say? Well, no, we do have evidence. You're just attributing it to something totally. You're attributing it to something uh, um, totally, uh, totally different than what they say it was. So what I have over yours is I have somebody saying this is what it was. Um, and and uh-huh. and so I, I would say that, and we have a whole people group. Uh, we have the whole Jewish culture, the whole Jewish nation uh-huh. claiming that th- this. And, well, and, no, we have we have the handful of people who wrote down the well, Jewish beliefs. Well, but we're, we're also we're also incorporating in here like the the God of the Bible and why you know why it would be God as opposed to something else. So I'm kind of attributing right. that they you know the 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 Hebrews didn't believe it was an alien; they thought it was supernatural. I mean, it's pretty clear what they thought it was, and so that's why I'm saying. I think the better analogy would be somebody came here and claimed that they they, they flapped their arms and they got here, um, and mm-hmm. that's what well, that's what they're claiming happened. And so, yeah, we could say, and we could have evidence that that says that that's what happened, but we could also attribute it to other things that would be considered equally outlandish. So the so and that's so, my point, right? So, but. But we have him saying, "I flap my arms to get here," and so of of, right. of between between you know the five or six possible explanations, all of which 
some people think are equally implausible. Why don't I just go with mm-hmm. what, what, what they said or what they believed to actually be the case as opposed to, to making some other possibilities up. So I would say that maybe that would be a, a, a reason. But, but you said that you wouldn't believe that let's say a hundred people showed up at your door and they all said that they flapped their arms and flew there. Why wouldn't you believe them? Well, no, what we're talking about is one, what we're trying to, I don't want to go off on a rabbit trail here and go another three hours. What I'm talking about is, no, I think this goes to the heart of the what matter. I'm talking about, Why wouldn't on. you believe them? What I'm talking about is one person who came to my home and, and said, Hey, this mm-hmm. is what happened. And it, it seems to be amazing, pretty, absolutely spectacular. So mm-hmm. I could either, and, and we have evidence that supports it. Verifiable evidence, at least I believe, that supports it. So we could either attribute um, this pretty spectacular event to what they said Mm -hmm. happened, or we could make a bunch of stuff up. Uh, Well, it could be this, or it could be that. Yeah, it could Mm -hmm. be all those things, but they said it was this. So so, So you believe them. but But the point is, is, is... you're asking, what do I have that's different than what you have? And what I'm saying, what I have is the people actually believed or attributed this resurrection to mm-hmm. the God of the Bible. And so right. that's what I'm saying is different, at least in one point. But that's not different. That's not, it's not different at all. Because Loki could convince them that that other thing is true easily. Right. So, But now we're adding on extra possible explanations. And now we're talking about Occam's razor. We're talking, what what is the simplest thing? The simplest thing is what best fits the, 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 uh, the the possible data. And if there's multiple things that best fit the possible data, we need to ask ourselves, well, what is the simplest thing that would fit that doesn't compound explanations? And so I think if you bring in aliens, we'd have to compound it. We'd have to say, well, they're somehow involved in some kind of scheme and that they would have to uh, somehow uh, able to brainwash Jesus into when he came back from the dead, believing all of this. So I, I think that if we are going to compound these explanations, um, that that it, it would just via Occam's razor would would make would make the okay. resurrection just more so, reasonable. Okay, so you bring up Occam's razor, and so one of my explanations has fewer assumptions than yours okay. does, and that was the first one, the faulty memory one. We know that that happens. We have external evidence that these different, uh, you know, these various flaws and, and, uh, you know, skips or whatever we want to call them, these, these, uh, you know, issues with human memory. Okay. We know that that happens. We have evidence that we have, you know, boatloads of evidence that this kind of thing has been happening. We've, we've witnessed it. We know that it, that it exists. And so, we ha- and we have cases where we documented that it that it happened, and so that in itself, if you if you want to apply Occam's razor here, then clearly that would be the best explanation because we know that that thing happens in other contexts. No, I, I don't think because I, I think you're misunderstanding Occam's razor. Um, we're, we're not we're not talking about. Um, 
what is the most believable explanation. We're talking about the simplest explanation right. and and right. what best fits so, the data. So my your explanation your explanation posits this other no, thing. This it, guy, but it has to fit the it has to my fit the data though too. And I don't I, I don't right. believe I right. believe that first of all just because we say well this is this has happened before well we but we don't attribute this in every historical case we don't say oh faulty memory right. assassination right. of lincoln no they they must not have they must not have uh uh believed right, right. you know um and the reason there the reason for that is that we have more uh, we have more evidence to favor a more mundane explanation than these fantastic explanations um, like in uh, but but I'm, we're talking about in this case we're talking about in, in because this case because we have okay well if you, if you want to talk about this case then quick switch into the what other case what do you case, mean well, like, right? well why are we talking about Lincoln here? Or are we talking well, about Jesus? Okay, regardless, what I w- which is well, the case? Let's talk about Jesus then. So I'm claiming okay, that, all right. that, that so, they couldn't have that they couldn't it couldn't be a memory thing because we're ha- we have multiple sources saying the same thing, and we have yeah. that, that that dates back to almost to the point of the crucifixion. We're, we're the most, but we and we know we have mm-hmm. evidence that people can cross, you know, can contaminate each other's memories. No, but that here's way. the thing: you have. You, you have multiple. Yeah, no, I we know, do. but not in this case. We have multiple lines, multiple attestations. We have, we have, we have. Right. So that would make it no, less likely, have, right? That would make it less right. likely, but not I'm zero. I'm not saying zero. What I'm saying is what what best fits the the criteria. And I'm saying we have all right. these writers. We have five or six writers who are writing, uh, or uh-huh. at least what we want to call Christian writers. We also have uh, secular uh-huh. sources that are writing, unbeknownst to other people too. So so we have. Right. Well, they came later. Right, right, but we still have some right then who are writing these. Uh, mm-hmm. that the, the, they they're not conspiring together. They don't even know they're writing letter. They don't even know that they're they're that each other are writing these things. Uh, it wasn't until mm-hmm. later that these things were compounded and 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 put together. So so we we have like a a a chain which we could follow back and say, okay, so and so had this uh, writing, and in and, and it can go all the way back to X. Right, but it can, but it still can happen. It's still it's still something that we know happens. It might be less likely if it's a bunch of people. It might make it less likely than if it were just all based off of one person. But but it doesn't push it down to zero. It doesn't. We don't. We can't eliminate that. We can't say that. I'm it never can't saying be we're that. eliminating. We just, I'm say just it, saying that. The, you said you said it can't well, be I, that. You said it, it okay, can't so be that. Okay, so let me, let me rephrase. It, I, I, we have okay. good evidence to believe that that is not the case in this particular instance. Has no, we don't. We don't. Because you don't have any evidence that fits your explanation that doesn't fit mine. No, we're talking and about. I do talking, have. I do have evidence that fits my explanation that doesn't fit yours. So I have more no, evidence than no. you do. No, yep. Again, we, we got. We have no. We have to take this particular. Yeah, right, I do. Hold on. I ha- I have all of your evidence plus some extra no, stuff. You say you have all my evidence. Listen. Right, you but you have haven't given me anything me, that, that you doesn't. have to give me evidence as to why or how you believed these writers um, all somehow came to the same conclusion and wrote. About- I don't. I'm not saying that that's what right, I think but happened. In order- I'm saying that that's what could happen and is more well, likely you than have your to explanation. Provide evidence for that. Okay, I'll take all the evidence that you say. Okay, so no, we're talking about right now that the that the gospel writers were somehow yep. fault had a faulty memory or somehow um, distorted the yep. facts accidentally. Yep. So I'm going to take everything that you say. Okay, unless unless you have something that actually can't be because of a memory error, 
But since you're basing all of your evidence on written things. And oral tradition. And 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 oral right. tradition. And all of that comes from people saying something mm-hmm. or writing something. Okay. And so it's not like they're taking videotape. But even if, okay? even if I had remem- videotape, Scott, even if I had it, you would remember- say that, oh, oh, but well, it, but nowadays people can can slice and dice and 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 it, it would just be you know i'm serious right you would say that if if we had the resurrection on video well we'll see we'll see what happens when you provide the video <laughs> but what i'm saying is right. you're you're basing all you're basing everything all of your evidence is from these things that were written down by people who have human mm-hmm. brains okay so all of that could be ascribed to they just remembered it wrong okay so you it so could right. be. It's not okay. So all of, all of everything that you say, which is based on writings and oral tradition, could fit my explanation also. But, and I have the additional evidence that outside of all of that entire context, we have, you know, we we have evidence, neurological evidence that these types of memory errors do. You would happen. have to show how uh, that these type of memory errors happened. How that that is how yeah, how if, that is if I was how if I was claiming that this how was that true. is more but you're claiming that that's more likely true than yes. than yep. what actually happened happened so you're going to have to show for me how even all of these liberal scholars will say hey they actually believed they saw X Y and Z it's 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 not a question. Of, they believed right. it. So, so, so now you're saying it was a hallucination, or or some kind of thing. No, I'm not. I didn't you're, say you're it was saying hallucination. It was I was a faulty memory. Was, I was saying it was it was a it was a memory error that we know. Right, but happens. what I'm saying though is is now we have, uh, and and I think that part of the reason why historians can say that say that they believe these things to be accurate. Of course, they won't say Jesus rose from the dead, but they'll say um, the, the, the certain minimal facts. The reason we could say that is because we have, um, it, it fits the historical criteria. Like, so, so you would have right. to explain to me um, how it is that we have multiple lines of evidence, multiple lines of people writing about similar a similar event that they had, namely um, that they they believed that Jesus rose from the dead. Now, listen, not we're, we're not talking about just people who um, um, they, they all believed it in such a way that the majority of them uh, went to their deaths. Where the, if all they had to do was recant and they didn't, that yeah, they right. really believed. So, so what it, I'm didn't saying they? is, is that would be that would be a true miracle. Th- that would be a true miracle to have all of these people having ha- have faulty memory all at the same time about the one event, so much to the point that they would all go to their death saying it. If if you want, but at least we have evidence that that okay. kind of thing right. happens. Well, let's let's move on. We don't have external. We don't let's have external on. evidence that this. Okay, well, I don't know. I think that about wraps it up for me, unless you had something else. Bullet in my face, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't do that. Don't do that. This is your only life. This is your only life. You you need to live it to its fullest. Better life after this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. That was interesting. I think that was as lively as the last one. Let me ask you you one last question. One last question. We'll end on this. Summing up. Okay, so so my my position was that 
all of all of what you claimed was evidence would equally fit these other scenarios. And in at least one case, I have additional evidence outside of that. Um, even if everything, even if we we go with it, even if we we grant you everything, even if we grant you, yes, we know who wrote the Bible. We know who wrote these books of the Bible. Even if we grant that, even if we grant that, yes, the thing, the writings that we have nowadays match, you know, are 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 um, mm-hmm. accurate to the way it was originally written. So it, so even if we grant that we have the accurate stories that were written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, et cetera, et cetera, Paul, mm-hmm. and so on, and then, and then your list, your list of uh, external, you know, non-Christian mm-hmm. writers. So even if we grant that, how do you, how is that not an argument from ignorance to just say, well, it must be God? Um, well, I think that we could, I mean, if we brought other, Again, my argument was inductive, not deductive. So I, I wasn't trying. To, what I'm saying is that we believe God exists, God existing as a possibility, and that it makes it more probable that God exists with the resurrection of Jesus. We're not trying to prove God exists by the resurrection of Jesus. Of course, Christians would hang their hat on the idea that um, if the resurrection didn't happen, then Christianity's bunk. You know, it's it's you find the bones of Jesus, we're out. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's more of an inductive argument. Okay, so what's the best explanation for this? And so I mean, we I could have brought up other what I believe is is evidence for a, a creator of the universe or for um, you know whatever. I could bring up other arguments for the existence of God to say that. I mean, I could bring up near death experiences. There's all. I mean, people. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of near-death experiences where, where people have been dead for hours um, and, and with no brain activity, with no heart activity, and, and, and they, they, they come back saying, hey, this is what happened. This is what I saw. I mean, we'd have to discount all of those. We'd have to discount every single uh, possible event that people say is some kind of supernatural event, the trillions upon trillions of events throughout human history that people claim to be some kind of spiritual experience. So we'd have to eliminate all of those. We'd have to eliminate all near-death experiences. We'd have to eliminate all evidence or possible evidence for the existence of God. And I just think that when, when you look at the whole body of evidence, that that just makes um, the resurrection of Jesus a better uh, the God raised Jesus from the dead, a better explanation than say aliens or Loki or whatever else. But, um, but I was just going to say, um, you know, I was happy uh, letting you have the last word there. I felt comfortable on the things that I've already said. So right, good. I suppose we could uh, wrap it up Thank there. Goodness. There we go. Another discussion. Thank you to the God or not podcast for Ironing this out for everyone, right? Oh, that's so another been... kick in the balls is what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt like it, I suppose. Yeah. I, I was wondering what that feeling was. It's a familiar yeah. feeling. You know, I've, I've been in Taekwondo for many years, so I'm, I'm quite familiar with that uh, With that feeling. Kind of a numbing, achy. Right, yeah. Oh. So to yeah. get to shake this, uh, shake this feeling, let's dive right into walk it off, Scott. Walk it off. <laughs> Rub some dirt on it, right? <laughs> so let's uh, let's spin the wheel. Spin it. Spin that wheel.
All right, here we go. Our little side bit called Spin the Wheel. And uh, I'm going to spin the wheel first, and Scott's going to uh, answer, and then uh, the tables will be turned. So without further ado, here we go. Spin the wheel. No whammy. Ta-da! All right, here we go, Scott. <laughs> All right, hit me. Was there anything specific that led you to or towards your current worldview uh, um, of basically atheism or naturalism? Is there anything in your history or anything kind of in your past that where you kind of started to see a shift? Because, I mean, you probably tell here in a minute that you had – um, somewhat of a Christian upbringing. And mm-hmm. so my question to you would be, do you remember a, a certain instance or a certain event or uh, mm-hmm. a time where that kind of, you started to head out uh, the back door, so to speak? Uh, was there right. any specific event or how, how does okay. that look? Sure. All right. And. Okay. Uh, kind of um, like, I, like you mentioned, I was, Raised, my, my, my family is largely Christian and of various stripes. And so I, you know, grew up going to church and so forth and Sunday school and all that. Uh, there was one particular, I, I, you know, to be honest, I don't know if there was one thing that kind of pushed me in that direction other than the fact that I'm a reasonable thinking human being, of course, <laughs> right? Um, but uh, <laughs> But there was one particular uh, instance, I would say, that uh, was a... Uh, kind of a, a moment where I realized something was happening. It was uh, I was around fifth or sixth grade, so you know that would have put me what about eleven or twelve somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was I was in Sunday school, and we were talking about um, one of the Bible stories. I think it was Noah's Ark. I'm not I. I don't remember specifically, but for some reason, I, I want to say Noah's Ark. Maybe that's just because the you know it's the first one that pops to mind. Yeah. But, uh, so we were talking about this, and um, you know, and so we we would read the the Bible passages, and we would you know we would talk about it and have a little mini discussion there. And so uh, some of the other students my age would raise their hand and they would ask questions. You know, like you know how did they how did they get all those animals on there? Or, you know what how did they feed them? And, you know questions that. Right, twelve-year-olds would come up with, and and it and I I, re, I distinctly remember here uh, thinking that you know these kids are just not getting it that this story isn't intended to be literal. It's you know it, this clearly this is just uh, an analogy and or an allegory. And so, um, but then the then the teachers actually started. I'm going to go a little bit over time here. The teachers started. The teachers actually started explaining. Well, here's what happened with the feeding. You know, they did this and this, and at that point, I realized, wait a minute, the grown-ups believe this to be literally true. And it. And I'm not saying that I that I you know I thought that they were stupid or anything like that. I certainly don't think that. Um, but what I the the what that did tell me though is that I realized okay. I'm different than everyone else in this room. Right. Yeah. At the very, very least, I'm not the same as these other people. Right. And very so, good. And, and so I've been kind of separate ever since then. You've All right. Been, you've been different from the start, Scott. You just <laughs> realized. <laughs> Maybe that's grade. it. That, that very well could <laughs> well, be. Well, thank yeah. you very much, Scott. All right. 
Um, okay, so I'll uh, I'll get my topics ready here, and I'll spin the wheel for you. Bankrupt. No, no, not bankrupt. Um, okay, so here's your topic. It's on economics. Oh. Okay. And so we've, uh, we haven't really delved into economics all that much, you and I. Um, but you, I, uh, I, I do remember you've mentioned on a couple of occasions that you were kind of a libertarian. Is that yes. kind of a uh, okay? Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that's fair. Conservative slash libertarian kind that's of in, fair. Uh, in the, of that stripe. Okay, so my question to you, and who knows, it might not even take you two minutes to, to answer this, but I trust in your ability to expand and fill the time. I, I, that's, that's a, you're very talented in that area. Oh, um, that was some backhanded. <laughs> that was, that was, wasn't it? Okay, I, spo- I suppose I should apologize. No, I apologize right. for that. Um, uh, okay, so the question is, um, many conservatives uh, look down on labor unions. But to me, that seems like something that a libertarian would support. It's the, it's the, the employees expressing their own freedom uh, to join together and, and argue as a block. So, uh, so my spin the wheel question for you is, what's your opinion as a conservative and as a libertarian, what's your opinion on labor unions? Boy, good question. Um, I was actually a member of a local union uh, as a fireman for well, 15, 20 years. And so um, practically speaking, I think that unions have uh, have their place. I think that you look in history and you could see that there was a lot of um, um, a lot of abuse and a lot of things that happened that unions corrected, um, at least from a moral standpoint, they kind of righted the ship. And so from that aspect, I think um, it's good. I also think that uh, as a union member, I felt more protected and um, I felt that I had a little bit more say in certain things. And so that was nice. I will say, though, from um, – a conservative point of view that I think that sometimes labor unions have overstepped their bounds and that, um, you know, we've moved into almost a world market. And so it, it, it becomes difficult um, at times to support unions uh, in certain circumstances. So, you know, I'm torn on it because I was a union member and I supported my local and I paid dues for almost 20 years. And um, I think that, um, you know, and like in manufacturing that we should uh, try to buy um, things manufactured here at home, particularly within our local communities, and that people should have the right to kind of negotiate together as a unified team. However, I will say this, that – uh, the open market a lot of times uh, could void the uh, the labor unions altogether if the uh, management um, would play by a certain ethic, uh, a certain set of morals, you wouldn't need labor unions at all. So I, I guess the long and short of it is I'm, I'm torn. I see... Um, both sides as I was 
in the union and now obviously not. Um, and I could see the economic and the political aspects of both. All right. Well there said. You have it. Thank, Thank you sir. very much. And that is Spin the Wheel. And that about wraps it up for episode number seven. Please send us your ideas, questions, and comments to email at godornotpodcast.com. If you'd like to know more about the topics covered in this episode, Jamie recommends... I recommend The Case for the Resurrection of Jesus by Gary Habermas and Michael Lacona. It's a um, not a huge book, but uh, pretty scholarly. But I think a layperson uh, would be able to grasp it. Uh, pretty much gives a minimal fact argument uh, for the resurrection of Jesus. Goes into quite a bit more detail, obviously, than than what we did um, here today with the podcast. Uh, so if somebody's interested in some of the nuts and bolts uh, of like, you know, hey, where did you get this evidence? How do we know? This kind of thing. Uh, the Case for the Resurrection of Jesus by Gary Habermas and Michael Lacona. All right. And Gary Habermas, he's your boy, right? He's your guy. Yeah, you're my boy, Blue. Yeah, he's my guy. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I recommend, uh, and this is something that we actually, I believe we uh, referred to this in the discussion, and that is the uh, the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, How to Know What's Really Real in a World Increasingly Full of Fake. And it's by uh, Stephen Novella. He's a neurologist. And actually, it's, it's written by the entire cast of the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe podcast. And, um, you know, this is, I, this book, I think, is coming about as close as we can to like a skeptic's Bible. If I were to label something as having all the information you need to, um, to skeptically approach the world, um, they're, they're picking up the mantle. Yeah. Uh, uh, Listen, left I, by, uh, uh, I by read Carl that. Sagan. I read that. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Uh, you gifted me that. I don't want to call it a gift. Uh, cause <laughs> it felt curse, like another kick it? in the nuts, but yeah, so I, I did read it actually. Um, uh, uh, I was screaming at the um, uh, at the book uh, uh, a right, lot, but good, there was good. some, Glad some to hear good it. little bits. There's some I picked up some good little bits, so All right. I would recommend right, it awesome. too. Actually, yeah, cool, excellent. Well, I don't recommend Gary. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't, I haven't read the <laughs> nice, I haven't yeah. read the book you were suggesting. Uh, anyway, so that was uh, Skeptic's Guide to the Universe: How to Know What's Really Real in a World Increasingly Full of Fake. And that's it. Thanks for joining us. And we hope you'll be back with us next time when Jamie and I will be talking about swearing. Until then, this is your. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Until then, this is your dialectic duo reminding you to talk to each other. See ya. This has been the God or Not podcast. Send your questions or comments to email at godornotpodcast.com. If you'd like to support the show or grab some God or Not gear, please visit the website at www.godornotpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. 